Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being back with us here. It is episode 231, our season 24 premiere, and it is Monday, July the 19th, 2021. We're here to start your week off right as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. Did you have a good break last week yeah, on a boat? A good, yeah, I was on a boat. It was fantastic. I had a lot of fun I, there. I actually am happy we're coming back for this new season today. Me too. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Super exciting. There's a lot of new stuff happening this season, folks, and we're very happy to bring this all to you. But before we do any of that, a couple of uh, ancillary notes here. Administrative things. Administrative tasks, yeah. if you will. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can still do that. We don't have the clips anymore. They're not coming back anytime soon. Yeah. But you can still follow us on Twitter for daily wrestling posts, you know, pictures, which is novel. And you can do that at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, we still have a place where if people want to talk to you and me and hundred or actually over a thousand retro wrestling fanatics, where is that? Over at Facebook.com slash no clips. Yes. Because we don't do that anymore. We don't have the clips. Well, over at Facebook.com slash no clips, they have a search bar. Okay. Type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast, big bang boom, tubes, gore, Kaflowy. And you get the join group and you're in. And when you're hitting that button, from what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I understand there's one rule, is that right? I've heard so. One rule only. Yeah. Which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. Now, yeah. what might that mean? In normal people speaking, it would mean don't be an asshole. Don't be a jerk if you yeah. want to join the group. Talk about old wrestling. You can disagree. Yeah. We're not dissuading that. Yeah. You know? Just don't call people names. Don't call and, people and names. do stupid stuff. Personal and, attacks. Yeah, yeah, we don't need any of that. That's all. But if you want to have fun talking about old wrestling, you know, post your questions, memories, Spark some debates. Do that on our Facebook group. Just don't be a dunderhead. Uh huh. And also, if you like OVP, and some people happen to, I guess. I couple, heard that. A couple people. I heard there's some fans a out there. A few of them. Like seven. Yeah, like yeah. seven or nine. Yeah. Something like that. And you like what you hear on a weekly basis and you want more of it. We do have more of it. We do that as a way to give back to you. That's on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have two distinct separate shows there. They're very different. They have nothing to do with this main They're show. They're only for eight people or whatever. <laughs> they, they, that's the only people who listen to them, but you can get in on it now. You can if you want to. One is the 1984 canon, and that is as we go in order through WWF Championship Wrestling in 1984. We've done all of 82 and all of 83, and now we're in 1984. It's and, crazy. And the show's been officially renamed, by the way. I want to say this because it's now the 1984 canon, and that will... Yes. Move on, change as we move on. That's the official name of it. It's official. Yep. It's it's kind of the canon now, right? It's just the canon. Yeah. So that's on Patreon, and also the monthly pay-per-view review series is on Patreon. That goes all the way back to the first WrestleMania. Out right now for July is King of the Ring 93, and next month, Quinn and I are boarding the Lux Express going oh, to the Palace at, of Auburn Hills. It's, it's the Palace of the Auburn. The Palace of Auburn that, Hills. That's more of a WCW arena, by the way. <laughs> you just, think so? I just want to say that. Yeah, well, they did go to Detroit oh, a bit yeah. later. 
So that's all available on Patreon. That's if you want to donate. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, this is a big one because it's obviously our first episode of the season. Everyone's all excited. They've been waiting one week. <laughs> yes. They, they were on the boat with us. With breath. They got a little seasick. Yeah. There was some bait on that boat because right. we were fishing. Got it? <laughs> Thank you. And we have a new segment. We do. Now, this time around, obviously, Quinn, when you think about the legends and mm-hmm. the icons in right. wrestling, the Mount Rushmores, if you will, you know, you have your people like Stone Cold and The yeah. Rock. Bret Hart, Bret Shawn Hart, Michaels, Hogan, Hogan Macho, Warrior. all these people. Right. But there are certain wrestlers that maybe will never, ever be mentioned in the same breath as some of those fellas <laughs> there, but that were equally integral to the presentation that we all loved and grew up on. Perhaps overlooked, perhaps underrated, but one way or another, we call them the unsung heroes. <laughs> That's pretty big for these guys. This is a big deal. That's a big audio thing. We wanted to have a segment, Quinn, where we were very complimentary towards some of these people that sometimes don't get their just desserts. Oh, they're going to get their dessert today. (laughs) They're going to peanut butter pie. Yeah. Uh, And to open it up, it's my pick, Quinn, and I are going to alternate each week. I wanted to talk about Barry Darso. Yeah, Barry. He's he's great. I love Barry Darso like too. a lot. Do you have what it takes to name your own price? Then log on to Priceline.com and save on airline tickets. Now, Quinn, people might say, "All right, Barry Darso was smash, and and Demolition is obviously sung. Yeah, they're oh, a sung hero. Oh, they're sung, but not Barry <laughs> right. specifically. Not singles Barry Darso. That's correct. It's a very different thing. It is. In fact, Demolition even has their own song. So you right, might- they're, no, they're one hundred percent sung. The Smasher is in the name. It's in there, but. There's a whole other world of Barry Darso that is yeah. not quite as sung. No, there's no songs about there's it other no- than just generic music. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we know Barry Darso prominently started this career in the NWA, uh, Mid-Atlantic Crockett, as Crusher Khrushchev. Right. Which was really, look, I love Barry Darso. He was young at the time. He was kind of green. It's really just kind of a generic Russian, it's, to be completely look, I'm honest. I'm from Minnesota, and now I'm from Russia. <laughs> right, I, right. I know Ivan Koloff now. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Ivan, it's been a long time since I've been out here, but my dream has come true. And the reason why is because of you, Ivan, and all my other comrades. I'm here for one reason, and that is to search and destroy and to get that World Six-Man Cup back. Now, Barry did win titles down there. He won a couple of the different tag titles, the U.S. Tag Team Championship. Please tell me there's something Heritage-related on there. Well, he didn't have Heritage, but he did have the NWA Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship briefly. Oh, that one. And he was also in Mid-South for a little bit, and he was a TV champion there. But he then went on to his greatest success, as we all know, as Smash of Demolition. You know we ain't gonna shut up! We're gonna put up! A lot that could be said about Demolition has been said, right? Bill Eady obviously anchored that team in the beginning. And Smash kind of really, from what I understand, really loved working with Bill Eady. Yeah. Those are actually two guys who are pretty good at talking, if you ask me. Agreed. Being tagged up. I'm sure Bill Eady kind of liked working with him, too, because, honestly, Barry Darso was kind of perfect, like, as kind of, like, the more fun. Youthful. Like, where Axe is more kind of, like, serious. Yes. So they kind of, they offset each other perfectly in the promos. Especially, like, later into, like, 90 and 91, where Smash got really, like, <gasps> Yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean? Kinda, it, it does. It does because Axe is just all business yes. all the time at, at that point, and like Smash was like, oh, and his oh. 
his promos were always slightly silly, especially yeah. when they were faces. Like the yeah. way he would yell, like "Oh my God, Taya!" You know, he just yeah. had this like cadence. But because like of what they are, yeah, I think I just took Smash a little more seriously. Yes, because it's like, oh, I just think Smash is a crazy person, right? And right. Axe is kind of keeping him in check. He's the grounded one. Yeah, and then obviously Smash had to carry the load uh, when Brian Adams joined. Unfortunately, his <laughs> he did his best, but he then Katow got the best of them, or whatever. And Tao. Yeah, but then we go to Repo Man in the summer, late summer of 1991. Right, Smash is no more. Yeah, and he was sung here too because <laughs> Repo Man or whatever in the song. Just saying, it's also in the song. Yeah. Now Repo Man, as you and I have pointed out way back in the day, Quinn did start off very briefly, extremely <laughs> briefly in the vignettes as to, a serious character. Yes, to me, this is okay. <laughs> I want to say this. Right off the bat, we finally get to see Barry, like, let loose, can do his yep. own character, whatever, right? And I actually think this is, like, a great start, like, as far as, like, the serious version. Right. He's, like, scary. Like, comes to people's houses, like, smashes their car windows and stuff. Like, he, Well, because he knows how to smash. Yeah, in the middle of the night, no less. There's, yes. like, dogs barking. <laughs> it's, like, Women very, screaming. Yeah, it's very <laughs> scary. And you're like, man, this guy must be a rough dude, right. huh? When the Repo Man first came in, the funny part is, like, everyone remembers him as this big goof. But, yeah, like, the first couple segments, it's like, wow, this is not okay. Like, this guy's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. And from what I understand, by the way, a lot of people want to pin this on WWE Creative or whatever, WWF at the time. But it was actually... Barry Darso's idea, the character. Right. That's, so you can literally not blame anybody yeah. because this is his vision This is for what it. he wanted, right? He, yeah, if he wanted him to become goofy. Maybe he did the seriously. He's like, oh, I don't like that or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like he kind of regretted it because it's very quickly gone. Throughout like the, yeah, the only time where he's really kind of serious is the end of 91. Yeah. Throughout the year, 1992, where, by the way, his most notable feud is with British Bulldog. And he loses it, of course. Well, I mean, look at him. His voice just goes on this sliding scale where it gets higher and higher yeah. as time goes on. I'm going to tell you something. He's like Jimmy Hart by the <laughs> end. Like, he's ridiculous. <laughs> this is going to be great. You see that kid right over there? His name is Alex Vargas. You know how I know his name? Because his dad owes me big, big money. I think the Repo Man's most noted moment, and I'm, I'm not even kidding. This is very stupid. What is it? It's when he like stole the million dollar belt back or whatever yes. like that's like it, it almost feels like the character was just made for that like you <laughs> know what i mean DiBiase. like his repo came along right after virgil won the yes. belt right yeah when i was a kid i'm not even joking i thought they like made up repo man simply for this like only this <laughs> own like just this but it's funny he did last until march of 93 as repo like i said his biggest feud was with bulldog and then he had a little mini feud, if you guys recall, in the very early episodes of Raw with Randy Savage. He stole his hat. And then Savage was only like, oh, Repo don't Man be fucking could, doing that. Yeah, only Repo Man could stumble into a feud with Macho Man. I know. Like, somehow, just because he's just annoying. I'm uh, sure everybody's looking for Repo Man. I think I've located him. Excuse me, uh, Repo Man. Why the unprovoked attack oh, on the Macho Man, man Randy Savage? Because it, it was provoked! Was that greater one? And I came behind him and hit him! He flew! Hey, Wasn't that the attacks I've hey, ever seen on a you're super? You're darn right. But he had like morphed into a cartoon character by early '93. He's kind of like he's kind of like this court jester sort of <laughs> character too. He's like mischievous, yes, and like, but, mischievous, but like not really taken seriously by any of the other wrestlers. Well, what we loved about him, we we watched some matches of his, like Tuesday in Texas yeah. and stuff like that, and he would creep around. He he. 
took, and this is one of the great things about Barry Darso, is the way he put his all into what yeah. he did. He would creep into the ring and like He would creep down. in. On top of that, so his silly. uniform was ridiculous. He's <laughs> yeah. got a fucking coat where ripped up tires spell Repo Man on the back. Like, what the fuck even is that? And he's even on top of it, he's got like the elbow pads that are <laughs> yeah. also tires and he's got a lone ranger mask for literally like the worst mask you know what i mean i don't even understand the purpose of it because like if you're working for the credit card company like <laughs> repoing stuff why do you have to like hide who you are you know what i mean like it's you're authorized to do that no I i'm just saying so he leaves the wwf in early 93 and then he goes to wcw and he's very i think very briefly and no one even knows this was just Barry Darso for like a day or something. That but, seems like a fallback gimmick of just being Barry Darso, yeah, which right. is which is not a bad fallback no. fallback gimmick because Barry Darso in general is good. And he's young man, so he's thirty five at this yeah. time, right? Yeah, he's really not he's done not yet. Old, yeah. And then in late ninety four, we are introduced. Uh, Colonel Parker bails him out of jail. Oh right, which we actually saw the vignette. Remember that was hilarious too. The what black, are you doing here? Yeah, the, <laughs> the blacktop bully. Which exactly? Hey, you guys, shut up and stay over there. Nobody believes me at all. That Dustin Rhodes is the one that got in my face just like these punks around here. The way he talks is just humorous in a, yeah. in a Jacques Rougeau kind of like everything he he's, says is he's silly. Minnesota Jacques Rougeau. <laughs> is he from Minnesota or yeah, not? He is, yeah, he right. definitely is, right? No, he is. He, he knew, seems like it. I think he knew like Kurt Hennig and Rick Rude and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that's how he got into yeah. the business. Like, I don't know, some guy at a bar or something. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're a bouncer? You, well, try this out. You yeah, know? yeah, that's. I feel like they recruited so many people in Minnesota that way. They just went across the bars of Minnesota <laughs> and were just like, hey, you look big. Come down to the barn. Come, come to Vern's barn. <laughs> yeah, it, where the style of wrestling yeah. is what? Professional wrestling. There you go. So, he's the blacktop bully, and this is obviously... The gimmick here, Quinn, in case anyone's unfamiliar, because some people may not really watch WCW, he's a truck driver, right? Yeah. And he's an asshole. Right. Like he's, he, a, he's a total dick. He's a bully. Right. And he wears, like, a red costume that kind of looks like the Quebecers attire a little it is, bit. It is a little reminiscent. No boots, though. No boots, right. He, he, not, like, high boots. He's got boots on underneath the... You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, he, he, it's very particular. And even though, again, it's a serious, quote-unquote, gimmick, because it's Barry Darso... There's just these touches of humor that you can't help escape because he's just There's so likable. Like all over the place. Yeah. The, the 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 blacktop bully character is just a mean asshole, but like it's not. You can't take any of it seriously. Right. You you literally he's just like he's just like hey what are you doing over there hey yeah. I don't, hey you blah 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 like you know you what I mean stink. Like, you stink you're not good <laughs> or whatever and like. But you know what I love? What? To me, his high point as the blacktop bully is when he fights Dustin Rhodes on the back of a truck. Yeah. Like, well, while he's it's a- moving. <laughs> this is and with the hay and all that. Can everyone just stop and take a minute to understand how insane this is? It is. And like, I think a lot of people make fun of WCW for this. I have to fucking hand it to them. There's like, they got helicopters to shoot this shit. It's creative. Like, all this stuff. They, they rented out a truck. They probably had to like find a town where they said hey can we like can you close off this road so that yeah, we can like did. drive down it to have a wrestling match on the back of a truck <laughs> don't send the cops we don't want to get tickets you right. know like it's for ted turner you know who he is yeah. right you know what i mean exactly. Something like, that. like it's it's kind of like a good use of their money for once right. like because it actually adds to the product however they added to the match by both blading and they both got fired uh, for doing that. They're on the back of a truck. There's a lot of <laughs> abrasive things on it. They didn't think that that was realistic. Hey, can be very abrasive, Tony. Yeah. I swear Tanae probably said that. Like, he I'm might. not kidding. He might say it. But anyway, so he goes to the Indies for a little bit. He comes back at the end of 97. And this is the 
the next chunk of his career where he is just Barry Darso. Right. Is this the cool one that we saw? Like Badass he, wrestler. Badass, and he might have a problem with NWO. We're not sure. Yeah, like John Nord. Yeah. Like those guys. Yeah. I'm then, cool now. I, I wrestle. But again, when Quinn and I watch this, because Darso's a heel, we watched a match of his a couple of seasons ago, maybe. Yeah. Where he's, he's on like just, worldwide yeah. or something. And he's just yelling and talking shit the whole time. And one of the things he says to the fans cracked me up is, what do you mean, boo? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> it's But this is what I mean also is like when he comes out, there's no inkling that this is like a, a goofy character no. at all. Like he looks uh, like a badass now. Yeah. He kind of, he's kind of wrestling better than usual. Yep. Like his whole style's different. And then all of a sudden he says things like, what do you mean, boo? And like he's kind of barking at the crowd like he's Blacktop Bully right. or whatever, Repo or something. It's just his style uh, is just so funny. And then that was about a year that he did this, right? In the end of 98, he is repackaged into Mr. Hole in One, Barry Darso. In about a half hour, I have a tea time. And I have got to get out and practice. I know you're going to be mad. This is your big debut. And I'm sorry. I have a golf a hard, gimmick. Okay, I have a hard time believing that this is not 100% Barry Darso. <laughs> like, I, I feel like this to me is Saturday Night Canon when, like, it didn't yeah, matter. Yeah. And, like, like, it's almost like Barry Darso seems like the kind of guy that he would know. He would be very aware of the show that he's on, like, every week. Of that course. he's not making it to fucking Nitro, right? He's an old pro, man. He and, knows. And just says, listen, Eric, like, nobody fucking watches this shit. Like, can I just, like, make up some dumb gimmick and just have fun with it? And that right. just seems like what it is. Right, right. Right? It's like he's golfing in the middle of the ring. He gets, he. it's like miniature golf, first right. of all. And he he hits, the, he puts it in. Like, he's always, like, in the ring before it starts. And they have, like, a camera, like, at the, at the, <laughs> foot of the hole or whatever and his whole gimmick is like he tells his opponent that they can make a putt like they win but then he always attacks them and shit yeah. like it's the funniest stupidest shit and we the, forgot about the, the whole the whole outfit yeah the cap he's right? got the short pants with yeah. the with the socks the argyle socks or whatever and the golf shoes on like he it's like really laying a sweater vest <laughs> like it's just laying it on thick and big he, time and he basically plays it straight you know what no, i mean no 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 like this is like he, he don't they say like on commentary he's like oh he was very successful in golf and now he's like making his way into wrestling or he's a two sport athlete this or something but it's fucking Barry Darso that's the best part and we're not supposed to ask any questions no. about that it's, and Mr. Hole in One like yeah. the dumbest name yeah. it's not anything so he does that until like mid 99 then he just becomes Barry Darso again and then and no one knows this because most people stopped watching uh, WCW towards the end of 99 as evidenced by the ratings but he had this gimmick where at the end of 99... He had, I don't even know this existed. He had amnesia. So he started coming out as like... He would do hole-in-one again sometimes. and then Oh, he, never mind. I did remember? see this. I think I just forgot the, the backstory that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Then he did Crusher Khrushchev like one <laughs> last time. But then... In, he just started wrestling as Blacktop Bully again until they got... Like, he had, like, three months where he was just Blacktop Bully at the end of 99. And I say, again, that's a, the most Barry Darso shit. Yes. You know he would say, what if I got amnesia <laughs> and then I could be all the characters, right? And Vince Russo's like, yeah, it's fine, bro. We're not really paying attention, bro. Like, you I, can just do whatever the fuck you want. I I, I, I liked you, bro, in uh, the demolition with Crush. Yeah. But uh, that's exactly how this conversation went, like, when he pitched it. Because, it, A, Barry Darso just doesn't matter anymore. Right. 
and Vince Russo just kind of liked him growing yeah. up. And so he just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. He doesn't even have like official creative control. He just says just it. Ask Vince. And nobody really fucking cares. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It right? wouldn't surprise me yeah. at that climate at the time. Yeah. And that's it for him in terms of like being in one of the big promotions. He obviously had the one night return to WWF as Repo at the Gimmick Battle Royal. Oh, right. Which yeah. was very happy. That was very good. But Barry Darso, to wrap him up here, why I think he's an unsung hero, Quinn, is that he was never, again, obviously then Demolition. We all know Demolition. That was his wrestler. prime. And yeah. he, he spent a lot of time after that just like on the downturn of his career, essentially. But he was always a reliable talker. Right. I'd say entertaining, too. Like, always entertaining. You give that guy five minutes and you will come out entertained. Yeah. Like, really, you will. And... A good worker. Not like an all-time classic no. wrestler, but a good worker. That's why he could pull off the serious Barry Darso gimmick, which serious Barry Darso is, is it's a still very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But yes. So, I mean, overall, I just think that he's one of those guys that he himself is never going to be regarded as an all-time great. Demolition, obviously, is. Right. He himself, the singles wrestler, is not. But we wanted to sing his praises here on Unsung Heroes because... I am thoroughly, like you said, entertained by him every time I, I see him. I never not entertained by him. Anything else you want to say on Mr. Darso? I don't much to add. I think you've said it perfectly. I, my thoughts are almost exactly yours about him. It's that he just, he's a fun time. And like, listen, guys, like I know some people be like, oh, well, he never got a title or, you know, whatever title push as a single Why really like in his prime. And it was like, it, it, it's not that character. <laughs> right. He got to be the tag champ in WWF three times when that was like rare. Yeah. Three Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. like that in a very successful tag team, he had a enormously successful run. He could never hope to match. No, like to be no. fair. Right. Like, right. like honestly, that's like, totally one agree. Of, Oh, I'm in one of the best tag teams of all time. <laughs> It's like, oh, he never got pushed. Yeah, he didn't make his money. I'm sure he made a lot of money off that gimmick. Yep. And from anything I've seen of him interview wise, he seems like a real nice, yeah. down to earth, humble guy, which makes me like him even I know. more. He's just he's lovely, like soft spoken Minnesota. Yeah. you know, like Rose Island almost. Yeah. And uh, man, Barry Darso, you have now been sung here on Unsung Heroes. Oh, sung. We're happy to sing for Barry Darso. So that'll do it for the first ever Unsung Heroes, folks. But guess what? When we come back, we are going to kick off a new edition of the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. It is the best celebrities in wrestling, and that'll be coming up right after this. I don't love I try to tell myself, but you can see it in my eyes. So don't deny, I can't fool no one else. Now, Barry, Run DMC is... If it wasn't for Run DMC, Cannabis might not be here today. Got to remember that. This would be completely out of here because Run DMC is the best. And Booker T, the only way you're going to pick anybody like that up is is it's going to be you picking yourself up off the concrete floor when I stick and put the boots to you. You got that? Bring it on. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Repo Man. What's with the bite? Jeez, I got to tell you, I love my job. <laughs> The Royal Rumble, I love it, because that means every man for themselves, and everybody knows I've been there because I've faced my partner before. Well, there's going to be 28 other guys flying out of the ring, and then I might end up being you, Crush, and me, and I'm going to kick your stinking teeth in. And now back to the best wrestling podcast no one's ever heard of, OVP. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again for being with us here. It's uh, 
Episode 231, Monday, July the 19th. Quinn, you're still with me? I'm here. No one I repoed you. I didn't you. leave. <laughs> Repo didn't take me away. You didn't go golfing with Barry no. Darso? I would have wanted to, though. I would have. That seems like it would be fun, How right? How much fun would that be? He probably uh, sucks, too, in real life, right? That'd be yeah. even funnier. He probably never played golf once. Good. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, but, folks... We were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Patreon, and again, we're not going to overwhelm you with plugs on this. The whole point, the reason we do it is because we want to give back to the people that desire to support us. Uh, so we use Patreon for that. And on patreon.com slash Podcast, like we mentioned, there's only two tiers, and they're each a separate show that are independent from this show. $2 a month is going to get you the canon that we right. talked about. The canon. The canon. And I guess we should clarify, Quinn, because some people might be leery of like video content. It's also available just in strictly audio podcast form. We always form. put it out in audio also. Yes. So if you don't have time or the ability to watch video on a regular basis, you can listen to the audio version. You hear the audio of the 1984 show under us. Right. You don't have to sync up or anything like that. No, it's, no, no. It's a package deal. It's a total package. Exactly. And that's $2 a month. That's all that is, okay? And then for $5 a month, you're going to get the canon. And like we said, the monthly pay-per-view reviews, those are an audio show. And they're between like three, three and a half hours usually, where we're going through in detail every WWF pay-per-view. Like I said earlier, we started with the first WrestleMania. We've even thrown in the big event, WrestleFest 88. Mm. That's all included. Tuesday in Texas didn't get missed. Yeah. Out now is King of the Ring 93 as we say goodbye to Hulk Hogan. I will say on the Patreon, yeah. you know, speaking of pay-per-views, yeah. I will say we're getting awfully close to our next stretch goal of 300 for a WCW pay-per-view. Yeah, that's a great point, Quinn. I didn't yeah. I didn't think of that, but yeah, when we have uh, 300 patrons is the goal on there right now, we will be putting up a poll where you guys can vote on us to do a full night WCW pay-per-view review. That'll be interesting, actually. That will be interesting. So again, if you're interested in any of this, patreon.com slash OVP podcast will get you there. And if you just want to try it for the rest of, the Ju- of July or something like that, Maybe you decide, all right, I don't need this. This is too much. I don't want it. Just cancel. There's no contract. There's no commitment. There's no penalty for canceling. Nope. You don't even pay up front. Yeah. Just for the record, I'm being upfront about it's that. It's true. You don't. You don't pay up front. You just put your info in. Try it out. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael. Yes. Royal Rankings is here again. Oh, it's here. Should we explain what it is just to be safe? You should probably do that because, you know. Nobody's ever heard that before. Well, you know, we might have some first-timers here. <laughs> That's and true. we want to take care of those people that are here for the first time that are sticking with us after the Barry Darso segment. Yeah, I can't believe you made it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Royal Rankings of Royal Flush is where we ask you, the fans, before the season starts, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, we wanted to do celebrity. Actually, you voted on it. <laughs> yeah. Celebrities and you wrestling. You wanted to do celebrity. Yeah, you wanted to do, most of you. Wanted to do celebrities in wrestling. I'm excited for this. I am too. I really am because it's a little different and it's something yeah. that I think we're going to have a lot of fun with. So basically what happens is all the votes are in, right? And Joe Merkel, our chief statistician, he tallies up all the votes, puts them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And we alternate weeks, right? So this is the rankings this week. That's the best. Next week will be the flush. That's the worst. We pull out two names at a time and we rank them. By the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified organic and healthy celebrities in wrestling. Okay. Quinn, there's mm-hmm. nothing on the board. There's nothing on the board, so I <laughs> think you easy. can just go right to the right to the fink, right? Yes, and then we will talk about the criteria as we go on here. But without any further ado, Quinn, let's kick it off here. Let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal 
brave. WrestleMania book. You know, I left tickets for Bill Butner, but he couldn't bend over to pick them up. I'm here in this uh, appropriate acoustic environment. So when you go to a wrestling match, you go to cheer the good guy and boo the bad guy. I've had a Hulk, Hulkamania lives, you know, the Hulk himself. Now listen! Mongo's ready to wrestle! It is the Royal Rankings of Celebrities in Wrestling Week number one, Michael Quinn. Did I hear Mongo? You might have heard Mongo. 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 Man, this is going to be a fun one. Just stick with us this season, folks. I really think you're going to like it. So Celebrities in Wrestling, Quinn. It's not an entirely new concept. Not new at all. It's been going on a long time. Even before WrestleMania, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, don't believe Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. we, know, we had the celebrities first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, shut up. Meanwhile, Andy Kaufman, yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali, you yeah. know, people like that. But I think what's interesting here is celebrities in wrestling have had different purposes. Some have wrestled. Mm-hmm. Some have showed up just to do maybe a quick cameo. Some have been ring announcers, announcers. Some have converted into wrestlers full-time. Some have been hosts. This is a match. (laughs) This is a match. There's been a lot of different usages of celebrities in wrestling, and not just WWF like we mentioned. Yep. I think it's the one time in wrestling where nobody has to be serious about absolutely anything. It's just pure fun like it's almost like a, a game of like how good are they gonna be like yeah. right it's like but if they're bad it's also hilarious and then you so just get works, over it yeah it right? works either way <laughs> right and i think uh criteria wise this is this is a hard one we spent a lot of time in the lab after we got off the boat we went to the lab right Quinn? right and we really did a lot of experiments because it's a very scientific segment we were, that we do. We were gathering our materials yeah. and beakers and stuff just to get ready for this you right. know just kind of preeminent preeminently putting them in in the jars that we keep yeah. them all in. Yeah, all that stuff. The Petri dishes and yeah, things. Yeah. And we were really trying to establish the criteria, a control, you know? Yeah. And I guess what it's going to come down to is how good were they at what they were supposed to do? Uh-huh. Uh, how memorable, perhaps, was it? Were they entertaining? Were they entertaining? The And, and honestly, this is going to probably play into it. The caliber of celebrity. Yeah. Although sometimes the lowest of caliber can True. be the greatest celebrity. So as it often is here on the Royal Rankings and Flush, it's going to be an amalgamation of different criteria to comprise our criterion or whatever. I guess that's really all I have to say at this time. Yeah. We, we need to draw. Let's draw it. Let's find out who drew number one. Lawrence Taylor with momentum. LT. What is he going to try? Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, LT. LT. Oh, uh, man. LT. This is a biggie. Some people, this this guy might be number one already because some people think that this is the literally the best celebrity they ever had. I've heard that before. He was used well. Yeah. Um, so Lawrence Taylor, for those of you that either aren't in the U.S. and follow a different kind of football mm-hmm. or are in the U.S. and don't give a shit about football or just really don't care about the Giants, you know? Right. LT was very well known during his heyday as a player. He was on the New York football Giants, as they are sometimes called still to yeah, this day. he was on the defense. Yes, he was a linebacker. Uh-huh. And he played from uh, 81 to 93. And the Giants had their ups and downs during that period of time. They had a couple of good years, right. obviously. And they won a Super Bowl. They did. That's the Phil Sims era, a lot right. of that. Yeah. I think maybe all of it, uh, off the top of my head. But Lawrence Taylor was a big part of why the Giants were good when they were good. He was, like, known. It was basically, like, the big stars of the New York Giants in the 80s and early 90s were Bill Sims and yep. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. 
I knew that as a Giants fan personally. It's like you, you picked one or the other. That was your favorite. The New York Giants, first round selection, Lawrence Taylor, linebacker, North Carolina. One of the things about Lawrence Taylor is he also was somewhat of a high-profile, I guess, celebrity because of this. He wasn't maybe on the same level as like a Michael Jordan, obviously, no. or you know, a Magic Johnson of that time. I would, I would hear all the time as a kid, oh, he's one of the best defensive right. linebackers of all time, or you know, he has a hundred million tackles or something. Right? You know, he was a damn good player, and he was pretty notable, and he had some, um, I guess, notorious issues. We'll call it lifestyle issues mm-hmm. throughout his tenure as a player. But he was still very much a hot property in a lot of ways, and it had the name value. So he had a, a cool factor to him. He did. He and, had a he had an earring and stuff when that was like yeah. pretty crazy no, for whatever true. reason. It's true. And in January of 1995, Vince McMahon. Obviously, we are in the very beginning stages of what is, uh, I guess, sometimes derisively known as the Diesel era. Right, part of the new gen era. The decline. The decline. Deep decline. What do you call it, Mantar? Mantar. That's right. And WCW by this point has already called Randy Savage, mm-hmm. which really pissed Vince off. Uh, they already have Hulk Hogan and a lot of. Uh, Ex-WWF guys such as John Tenta are coming in. There's a lot of people are going to WCW, right? right? And WWF gets very, very defensive when WCW tries to be a business. Yeah, You know, they get extremely defensive. How dare they, like, yeah. like sign contracts yeah. and get new wrestlers? Because Vince would never, ever get talent from other territories. He didn't do that ever. No. All the people that he had, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> yeah. totally made in, in WWF, yes. never, ever was anywhere else. Roddy Piper, all those yeah. guys. Yeah. So how dare WCW do that? But Vince, you know, looking for something, looking to get the WWF stock back on the rise, so to speak, gets in touch with Lawrence Taylor. And we develop an angle here. And this is January of 1995, like I mentioned. And we're first introduced to LT in the WWF canon, I guess, uh, at Royal Rumble. Yeah, he's in the crowd. He's in the crowd there as an invited friend of Diesel, we're told, right? I'm I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure those two are pals. Big, Big friends. Yeah. Now, during this period of time, the Million Dollar Corporation exists, of course. Right. Which is part of the reason why 95 was terrible. Yeah. It Agreed. stunk. Yeah. And Bam Bam and Tatanka are in the finals against the Cinderella team of 123Kid and Bob Holly. And Bam Bam and Tatanka should theoretically have won this because look at the other team. Yeah. Well, right. But I then mean, again, Tatanka's on. <laughs> Tatanka's there, so. <laughs> so he's not that good. It doesn't, it, but, on one hand, they should win. On the other hand, they shouldn't. But Bam Bam, at least, is a big player. Right. right. Bam Bam's yeah. good. Yeah. And obviously, the kid and Holly, they upset Bam Bam and Tatanka, they're the new tag champions, and Lawrence Taylor is particularly finding humor in uh, Bam Bam Bigelow losing here. Well, because he should have won. He should have won. I, you know what I think is funny? That Lawrence Taylor knows that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you've never watched wrestling, you're like, oh, they, they won. Cool. Yep. Like, you, you, how would you know? Right, right. But like, Bam Bam Bigelow <laughs> is like the biggest star or right. something. So LT's like, ha, 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 that's uh, the fat guy lost, right? Yeah. And Bam Bam's like, it's not funny! It's not yeah. funny! Bam Bam gets all upset. And then LT's like, no, man, I'm just joking around. Wants to shake his hand. Yeah. Bam Bam shoves LT back about three rows, right? LT yeah. gets up, he's pissed. His manager with like the cocaine mullet and mustache is like, he's crazy, that guy! <laughs> right? Hey, wait a minute! Wait just a minute! And I will give them credit here, despite this being in a shite era. Yeah. The angle is really well done. Vince no, goes, it looks real. It looks that, real. The thing is, I remember the, the next day or 
maybe I don't know if it was that night. Maybe even uh, Roz Abrams covering it on the ABC News. Yeah, on the uh, the local, the local, the yeah, local. which is seven here in New uh, York. Lawrence Taylor, football great from our from our team, New York Giants, just got in a fight with uh, some wrestler named Bam Bam Bigelow. I, we don't know who he is. I think he's from New Jersey. Like, I think they said that. I'm pretty sure they were they were very like oh New Jersey versus New York. Like like they they went to that angle. The news. The irony being that the Giants play in New Jersey. Yeah. Well. You know how New York acts like like that's like no the Giants are a New York team no they're not they, they never they play were. in Jers man yeah anyway so Vince is treating this like this is absolutely serious even King is serious he's like Vince isn't here he's off headset or so I remember that yeah. line distinctly right Vince is not here he's off headset he's not off the headset and then over the upcoming weeks on Raw and on the weekend television Bam Bam Bigelow is supposed to apologize. He has technical difficulties. Then he comes in. He's like, "I'm sorry." And then, then he retreat. Then he's like, "You know, I don't apologize." Yeah. And fuck LT for coming into my world. You know, like that yeah. whole thing. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't care about the 30 day suspension, and I don't care what happens from now and then. You listen to me, and you listen good. And you, LT, if you're out there, I want you to open up your ears too, because I got something to say to you. Now, you want to put dignity and pride on the line? Well, I'm willing to put mine on. Why don't you put yours on? And Bam Bam is wearing like these blazers and he looks really cool and it's very <laughs> convincing that he's pissed off. Yes. Bam Bam is the, the gem of all of this, which is the funniest part. He's great here. It's so big that they like, they do later let him become a singles wrestler. Yeah, they do. They, oh, it's not. The fire coat yeah, and all fi- that. The but. fire coat ruined it, but. And LT doesn't make too many appearances. First, his manager, Cocaine Mullet guy, is like, and Lawrence Taylor, it's bad what he yeah. did or whatever. Most you know, New York person <laughs> ever. It's very bad that he did this. Like Cindy Lauper's <laughs> cousin or something. <laughs> what? What? And Bam Bam challenges LT to a match, and it's like, all right, that's not going to happen. We're going to wrestle. He's a football player. Yeah. And then LT accepts. Right. Holy shit. Which, even as a kid, I was like, whoa. Whoa. Like, I didn't think LT was going to wrestle. Cause, right. Because, you know, like he, another thing with him was it was like the end of his career, and he wasn't like as in good shape as he used to be. You wouldn't he, think, right? He, he hadn't pro- played. Yeah, he was probably hurt from the years of punishment or whatever. Played a long time, and he hadn't played pro in, a, I think, over a season at that yeah. point. It and was pretty recent he had retired. It so recent, it's yeah. not like nobody, like everyone forgot about right. him. I don't want to put it that way. He was only like 36 years old. He's not yeah. old. You right. know what I mean? For football, you that's, know, that's the, the, the injuries pile up at that point. Right. But LT accepts, and. Bam Bam Bigelow and the corporation are going to kind of have this feud going against LT, Diesel, like helping LT, and then LT recruits a bunch of his football friends. Yes. One of them is Mongo McMichael. This is, okay, can we just address the fact that this is this this feud introduced us to Mongo? It did. Like, not- and, On wrestling and television. If you're not aware, like you think, a lot of people probably think of Mongo on the internet, they're probably not aware of this WWF thing. Like, yeah, they think of Mongo there. in WCW with, with Green and then, then like, fighting Goldberg and stuff. Right, and, and Pepe or whatever. Yeah, and the Pepe, the dog. <laughs> like, they don't think WWF, but no, Mongo was at WrestleMania 11. He was. Like, as a prominent member of LT's squad. He, like, had a problem with comma, I believe. Yeah. He, like, I'll take spe- you out, comma. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, was- already... See, <laughs> see, this is... You know what I love about this? Is already, like, when I look back at that WrestleMania 9 and I see Mongo, like, 11. doing things... Or, sorry, WrestleMania 11 <laughs> and I see Mongo doing things or whatever. Yeah. Immediately, he's already fucking, like... 
ba- backyard barbecue. Yep. I'm gonna kick your ass. Like I'm ready to fight, Mongo. I don't know who you think you are, Kama? I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> I was in the NFL, <laughs> Pro Bowler, eight times or whatever he says. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like I know a thing or two about going rough. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? He's like a fucking SNL character, yeah. Mongo. Sometimes <laughs> he's great. Yeah. So LT's training, right? And then we get this um this really good segment and they would do this a few years later for austin and michaels the public workout do you remember that in the middle right. of times square yep yep right. it's like outside the ring is like overly high Fucking cool yeah though, it right? is high it, it's so cool it's really cool because you got diesel face uh, diesel's there i should say and bam Bam is face to face with lt isn't that where lt kisses him or is that maybe at uh, the press conference don't they don't they tie up bam bam or something and he kisses his bald head no that's that's austin that's austin oh sorry wrong kiss <laughs> wrong bald head also <laughs> wrong like other the same practically the same thing <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, the build on this is good. Now, mind you, it's WrestleMania 11. It's not a good period in terms of the rest of the card. You got you got Sean Diesel, eh, right? And you got um, not much else, man. I mean, Brett Backlund is awful at this card. It's very poor. And one day we'll be getting to this, um, the Allied Pairs and all that stuff, yep. and the Jacob and Eli Blue. So it's not like a star-studded event, but it is in terms of celebrities. Vince pulls out. As many fucking people as he can find he's for got, this he's one. He's got JTT. He's got the guy from NYPD Blue. Yeah, not like, Sipowitz. Not, like the, 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 the side cop. Yeah, the Nicholas Totoro. Yeah, the, not the... He's... By the way... He's not the, even like a main the, character. The, the funniest part is, yeah, he's like... He's like the fourth wheel <laughs> yeah. on that show. Like, he's not... He's like behind the like... The two main cops. Right. The female cop. And then Nicholas Totoro. <laughs> it's like, real. Just kind of like... Hey, I got your files or whatever the fuck. You know, he's always got his fucking gun straddled yeah. to his his suspenders or whatever. Like you never barely ever see him in action. I know what you mean. Yeah. JTT is a pretty good get though for that period of time because Home Improvement was a very oh, yeah. highly rated show and he was like a teen idol and all and that. Again, this is at the height of like WWF is for kids. Yep. So it's like JTT is like a perfect yeah. It, actually the funniest part is JTT might be like to the children of the audience, a bigger star than most of the other ones. To so the adolescent boys, though, you got Pam Anderson at the height of Baywatch. Oh my goodness! You yeah, got Jenny McCarthy at the height of uh, Singled Out. Now and Jenny her McCarthy was run. Can I ask a question? I feel like as a kid, Jenny McCarthy wasn't like supposed to be there. She's like a replacement. No, she or... was supposed to be there. Oh, okay. I, she was I, supposed as a kid. To be there. I thought she showed up just by accident no, with Pam Anderson. No, no, no. Because they were very big on, like, only Pam Anderson is coming. She is the hottest. Yeah, I know. Like, as she's, like, she's, like, on the beach in a car. And, like, yeah, it's, like, you know, with the the saxophones playing. You know what I mean. I always liked Jenny better as a kid, actually. Me, too. I did. But it was just weird to me that, like, she she replaced her or something. With Sean. Yeah. And also Salt and Pepper were there, which still a pretty good get Yeah, what a man, what a man. And and that leads to Lawrence Taylor's entrance. Yeah, so... LT has a pretty damn good entrance. It's very hyped. The crowd is into this. Thankfully, they have Pat Patterson as the referee. That was necessary. To direct traffic. They did the same thing for WrestleMania 1. Yeah. Because yeah. Ali couldn't. Right. But yeah. Did they even act like on commentary? It's like, very reminiscent of WrestleMania 1 or whatever. Like, or Vince said it or somebody said it. He might have said, like, Pat Patterson, Hall of Famer, also referee of the first WrestleMania. Maybe something yeah, like that. First you WrestleMania know? main event. WrestleMania. Yeah. But they play this all straight. What I the only thing, and this has nothing to do with LT, but I just need to say it. The only thing that I don't like because Vince obviously had all these press at ringside. He allowed them there, right? For LT, remember, there's tons of cameramen, and this did get a lot of press coverage, especially in this area. I thought it made the match look like a bigger deal because especially because right? nobody gave a shit about WWF in 1995, right? 
Here's what I didn't like, though. You're going to have all these press there, right? You have all these people, possibly all these new eyes on the product. And the million-dollar corporation is ringside. And yeah. just, like, that's an immediate joke to people. IRS! So, Tatanka! I want to say this, though, in the context. I think it's a fair thing because what other crew would, like, like be the um, the foil to the, the other football men? There aren't any. Yeah. I know. There like, aren't there, any. There really isn't. So, it's kind of like, unless they had, like, a bunch of faces, but that doesn't make any sense no. either. Like. Unfortunately, yeah. that is what they had to do. It's just yeah. very upsetting that that's what it was. I mean, they could have just gotten the most prominent heels in the company, like Sid and Sean and some yeah. of them on the side. I don't even think there was like enough of those guys. Like it's to, ninety-five, man. Yeah. There's not because they're all in the million dollars. <laughs> like, and it's, it's all, yeah, they're all bad. Yeah. But anyway, the match is, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm just going off memory. The match really is not bad at no. all. I remember a spot where Lawrence Taylor comes off like I want to say the second rope and hits like a uh, like a football tackle clothesline thing or whatever. That's the finish, actually. Yeah, that's the finish, and it looks really good. Yeah, they got, they did a nice camera shot of it too. They did, and I just always thought like I, that's the part I always remember as a kid and being like, wow, like I can't believe Lawrence Taylor because again the concept of like a non wrestler doing anything remotely athletic off the top rope seemed right. like insane in 1995. Anyway, yeah, the match is good. Again, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I always remember thinking this actually, if you didn't know LT wasn't a wrestler, pretty good. He passed for like a legitimate guy in WWF, like to the right. point where like, like I think as a kid, I actually was thinking like, is he going to like be in WWF now? Like, right. it's like, I'm not kidding because it, there was this big entrance and all this hype and right. like he, he was talked about for months and months and months and like he actually ended up being a good wrestler and all this stuff. So it was kind of like, Wow, I mean, LT, if he wanted to, he could just be in WF. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody would have any problem with that. I thought he was very good. Yeah. I thought he did a very good job. Obviously, a lot of the credit there goes to Bam Bam Bigelow yeah. for being the ring general and to Pat Patterson. Yeah. I think I think what our reactions to the match say a lot about is that LT was, like, one of the better, one of the best celebrities ever in wrestling. I think he did a hell of a job. I think he did better than maybe people thought he would as yeah. a wrestler. And I think the match is actually good. I don't know what it did for the WWF. I do know the buy rate or the gross buys was 340000 Not bad for decline era. The highest pay-per-view, obviously, that year. Yeah. Uh, up from Royal Rumble was two twenty-five. Right. Now, the year before, WrestleMania did four twenty. So, obviously, right. that we've lost a lot of the audience right. since 94. Right, but I'm saying the fact that they even got over 300000 for yeah. that. Yeah. Like, no, I know. Look at that card. It, it, no, it's shitty. Yeah, it really is garbage. a shitty show. Yeah. So, I mean, I think LT did a great job. The only area it might be lacking is importance. Right. Yeah. It, no, it, it is not. It, it Overall, it really. Ultimately, the only consequences it has is it turns Bam Bam face because, you know, Ted gets mad at him afterwards. Yeah. And it, ah, you're such a loser. How could you lose to a football man and all right. this? Even though, like, there's been other football player wrestlers before that. Sure. Were good. Like Wahoo. Big Cat, Ernie Ladd. Yeah, and stuff. McDaniel. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know, like, what Teddy Bias is complaining about. But in terms of like Bam Bam, it actually did, it hurt him. Now maybe not the match. I'm not saying the match. The match didn't hurt him. It was what they did afterwards. Yes. Because afterwards, it was like I think there was some recognition that like oh Bam Bam's like a big time guy. Right. Like you know what I mean. He was in the main event at WrestleMania. Right. Like you know what I mean. It wasn't like they the loss is what made him a joke. It was no. it was what they did afterwards. He turned face, lost all momentum. He really 
And uh, some of this is booking, obviously, but it just didn't work. It was just suddenly big friends with Diesel. Yeah, like, it was just it, uncomfortable. It didn't make any sense at all, especially since Million Dollar was like feuding with him. Right. But with that said, LT himself and the hype and the angle surrounding it was very, very good during a very bad time. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to, you know, again, as we go on, criteria will be refined and established. But overall, very good. Yeah. Very good performance by yes. LT. And a Everyone good involved. Yeah, good Even pick. Mongo. Even Mongo. It's true. All right, so we're done with LT? Yep. Let's find out who drew number two. No, no! That's Pete Rose! That's Pete Rose! Pete Rose, how about it? <laughs> how about it? Pete Rose... Pete Rose. I didn't bet on this one. <sighs> Pete Rose is an interesting celebrity. I okay. I'm gonna right <laughs> off the bat Go. say this. Go. He's actually like not my favorite all time WrestleMania celebrity. I want to point oh, that neither. out. Like not not at all. Right. But I like the thing that I like about Pete Rose is actually the re- the repeating occurrences of Pete Rose more than the original appearance because they're funnier to me. Well, yes, I agree. Pete Rose had a uh, several appearances, which makes this. All the better, right? Yeah. Now, Pete Rose, again, for those of you that are not in the U.S. Yeah. Or don't follow baseball. Right. Or don't care about Pete Rose one way or another. There's a very long convoluted story yeah. about Pete Rose. You want to say why he why he's important and yeah. like why he's considered such a big celebrity? We'll try to keep it as you know compact yeah. as possible. Basically, he played baseball a long ass time. He played baseball from 63 to 86. Yes. Which is absurd if you think yeah, about it, right? It's a really long time to play he, baseball he for play, anybody. He played during the Mickey Mantle era and the fucking Mark McGuire was yeah. playing when he retired, you know? Yeah. But not only that, he was known as one of the the greatest all round players, meaning he did not he wasn't the best at anything, probably. Right. And he played a lot of different positions. Mm-hmm. He could steal bases, he could field. He was just good. He had an over three hundred batting average career, you know what I mean? Not a big power hitter. Over three hundred is good if you're if yeah. you're not a baseball person. Right. That's like excellent. Seventeen time All Star. Yeah, this guy was no joke, and he was also a player manager for a couple of years, and then just a manager, and that was on the Reds from eighty four to eighty nine. Now it comes to light in nineteen ninety nine that he's been betting on baseball forever, <laughs> and and on top of it, he was like the he had become the manager and player of his team right which is like another weird fucking thing by the way yes which made him unique i think he may be the last player manager that there was in the mlb but if you don't know what we mean by player manager because you might be thinking coach it means he was like the head coach and the fucking <laughs> and was still an active and, roster and member and still playing yeah. on the team which was like that's like a way old thing yeah you know? that's like from like the early <laughs> 1900s like they don't do that anymore when they wore the short pants yeah, you, yeah. Know? <laughs> you know what I it's mean it's weird yeah it's very rare but anyway one thing leads to another there's an investigation there's the uh, the Dowd report if you will right Pete Rose has bet on baseball. He denies it vehemently for years and years and yeah. years and years and years, right? It, but, it's it's still, again, it's it's crazy that he bet on it, especially considering that he was playing and coaching. Yes. I think that makes it worse. Right. Like, if he was just a player or just a coach, I don't know, but he's the player and the coach. He literally can, like, dictate the outcome. Yeah. You can't do that, That's, right? like, really bad. Right. So, in August of 89, he accepts a lifetime ban. Right. from baseball. One of the game's greatest players has engaged in a variety of acts which have stained the game. And he must now live with the consequences of those acts. By choosing not to come to a hearing before me and by choosing not to proffer any testimony or evidence contrary, 
to the evidence and information contained in the report of the special counsel to the commissioner, Mr. Rose has accepted baseball's ultimate sanction, which is lifetime ineligibility. Now, which has only been, there's only been very few exceptions. I remember in 99, they let him on the field for something, and yeah. Jim Gray interviewed him. But anyway. You might be asking, why the fuck does that matter if he's like essentially retired anyway? Because he was like in baseball for like 20-something years, yeah. right? You, the reason it matters is because for a lot of these baseball players, it's a big deal that they get into the Hall of Fame. Like right. They make money off of that and shit. So this was like the worst punishment you could give to like somebody who had retired, because now they can't, they can't associate with baseball Correct. anymore, and they can't make money he can't be a broadcaster right he couldn't be a coach anywhere else ever they have, again they can have nothing to do with baseball yes but on the field off the field he can't even step into a baseball stadium Correct. because they're all owned by the same company mlb or whatever and he uh can't be in the hall of fame and he had a hall of fame worthy career right and he would go on to admit that he better than baseball but now we got to go back to the wrestling end of things okay right. so in 1998 wrestlemania 14 P. Rose very much still banned from baseball, right? And he's, he's 57 years old. He's not like an old man or anything. He's right. late 50s, right? right? Right, He's announced as the guest ring announcer mm-hmm. for WrestleMania 14. Now, WrestleMania 14 had some similarities to 11, and it was the first time since 11 that Vince was doing the big celebrity push again. Yep. He didn't really at 12 or I mean, 13. this WrestleMania is known as like the beginning of the Attitude Era, Correct. right? So this, is, this show is a big deal. And Th- to have Pete Rose as the celebrity... I actually was like, okay, I'm not going to lie as a kid. I really wasn't. Pete Rose was like a little bit before my time. Yeah, like I remember so I the like, name. And, who the fuck is Pete Rose? Right. And then, you know, you look into him and you're like, oh, that guy. The guy that like your parents are all hush-hush about because he gambled on bait. Like that's real too. Like I, even I was asking, they were like, oh, you're going to have to, I don't know, you know, like because it was like right. he was a naughty man or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not kidding. No, he was like supposed to be like an edgy guest. Yes. No, it was. And yeah. in Boston, yeah. which he never played for, no. they didn't like him in Boston. And that was right. intentional. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So Pete Rose shows up at WrestleMania 14. Again, this is the Tyson WrestleMania. This is the one with the other public workout with the kissy on Austin's head. Mm-hmm. Austin's bald head. Kissy head. Kissy. Yeah. The kissy head mania. That's what they called it. <laughs> and that, totally what everyone That's calls what it. what everyone on the internet says. The kissy head WrestleMania. Kissy head WrestleMania. So we're going to have this big match between Undertaker and Kane. Now, Kane, obviously the evil fucking heel, sets people on fire. Uh, an angle <laughs> bit like built for quite a long time like a big deal thing Did, was, didn't paul bearer start talking about this in like june of 97 yeah, with the like burned face or whatever like <laughs> remember he was uh, he had the red hair and everything yeah he's like kate is here whatever i right? fucking got insane <laughs> kate is coming the best version of paul bearer yeah. by the way you're like seriously remember for months you're like who the fuck is kane yeah. like i was like honestly i was like as a kid i really was confused like, i was who like the fuck is that? who the about? fuck is kate like he would babble about his brother for months and months and months and i'm like at, at one point i remember thinking i don't care about this anymore right. <laughs> like it was like because it was a long time it was but we finally get to the big match undertaker kane and the guest ring announcer for that is pete rose now I don't know if Kane was known as the Big Red Machine yet, yeah. but I love that because obviously the juggernaut version of the Cincinnati Reds that Pete Rose played yeah, that on. that was his was, team was, was nicknamed the Big Red Machine. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's not fake. That's, that's really what happened. That's absolutely real. I believe that was like the, um, you know, Johnny Bench era, Joe yeah. Morgan. I don't know if Ken Griffey was on that or not, but it was that yeah. era. Now, you know? I think there's another aspect here. So Pete Rose comes out, right? Yes. He's acting like a big fucking heel, but there's to something- To Boston. To Boston. And there's a thing he says that I feel like if, again, if you're from the UK or maybe you're not even from 
the Boston, New York area, you might not even like know what the fuck he's talking about, right? Is what, it he, the um the, the Buckner thing? Yeah. So you hear you heard that in the intro, right? Right. Sorry, I left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick him up. So what does that mean? What is why, that? Why are right? they so mad about that? Right? Like, I think that's like really does actually have to be explained, okay. right? So in the 1986 baseball season. This is a wrestling podcast, we promise. We're yeah. just giving context. It's, it's Pete Rose, we have to. The Boston Red Sox had a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. They uh, topped the division, obviously. The Yankees were good in 86, but not good enough. And the Mets had a, a hell of a season the in 86. The Mets were like better than the Yankees. Yeah. The Mets, oh, this is were... like one of the greatest Mets thing- yeah. moments ever. Mookie and Strawberry and Good yeah. and all these guys, right? It was a hell of a year for them. Gary Carter, right? We have the World Series. And the Red Sox again, they hadn't won a World Series for like over like a hundred years or Since some 1918, shit. Yeah, yeah eighty right? something. I don't know. It was like a long time. Yeah. Babe Ruth era. Right. Yeah, Remember Babe that's Ruth like era. the famous yeah. thing. So yeah. we're at the point here in the nineteen eighty six World Series where Bill Buckner is the first baseman. For the Boston Red Sox. For the Sox. Boston Red Sox. And the and the and the Boston Red Sox seemingly have this fucking in hand. Right. right? Yeah. Now, normally, and this is game six, by the way, yeah. I, I guess I should mention that. Normally they've been taking Buckner out. As a and putting in a late inning replacement yeah. for him defensively because yeah. you know that's what you do when you're trying to protect a lead. But, but this is the playoffs. The, the the Boston Red Sox are a cursed team, right? Yeah. They are. This is like they're finally going to fucking do it. They're right. finally going to win the World Series, right? And they wanted to leave Buckner in because he could celebrate on the field with his team. Right. That's the reason, right? And if they won this game, they would have won the whole thing, right? They were up in the series. This was game six. If, if the, the Sox won. The curse would have been over in 1986. Yes. <laughs> not in 2004 or whenever yeah, it happened. Four. Yeah. So Mookie Wilson comes up, right? Of the Mets. Yes. That men on base. Mookie hits a dinky little roller. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. You have to understand, as if you don't watch baseball, this is like a very routine, like, yeah. it, this is like an automatic out. Right. It should have been over, right? Yes. This fucking guy, a professional first baseman, like, a ball just... He just like, doesn't get down far if enough. If you've seen the clip, it just kind of slowly rolls through yeah. his fucking legs. It's depressing. Yep. And the Red Sox lose because of it. Yep. And it forces a game seven, and the Mets win the World Series. Yes. So like they, they had the World They were two games ahead. <laughs> they could have just finished it off, and a ball rolled through. And again, this perpetuated the, the, the curse, curse of the of Bambino, Bambino. Yep. which is this curse where the Red Sox, they traded Babe Ruth and to the Yankees. To the Yankees, and they never won ever again. Yep. Until 04. So. Yeah. Bill Buckner is like a punchline to Boston. It's an insult to it's, Boston it's at this time. It's a deep insult. As a yeah. kid, I remember you would say like, ha Bill Buckner to like Boston fans when they would like crap on the Yankees, right? right? Now, like, now we can't say shit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. But back then, so that's the what crowd you- loses their fucking shit when he brings up Bill yep. Buckner. And he's still insulting you. City of losers and all these yeah, things yeah. he's saying, right? My buddy Bucky Dent says Hello. You know, I left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick him up. How about it? Speaking of the World Series and a great tradition here in Boston with the Red Sox. Then Kane just storms out, right? Right. Kane, a heel. A heel. (laughs) Yes. And Pete Rose gets all scared. His acting is great. Pete Rose is really good during this, right? Mm -hmm. Kane choke slams him, or maybe just goes right into the tombstone. 
JR with a fantastic car. That's Pete Rose. Yeah. That's Pete Rose. Right. As if like people like him. Yeah, right. right? It's like, that's the funny part. It's like he's a he's a guy that like t- t- cheated on baseball right. and like is making fun of Boston Red Sox fans. But this is kind of shocking for 1998. And again, this is pre. This is like right on the precipice of the Attitude Era, where that this wouldn't have happened a year earlier. And I you also know? feel like, and as a kid, maybe this was just me, but I felt like Pete Rose was just old enough to look like he, like, this was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for this to happen to him. Right, right. It wasn't like he was, like, a younger man. No. It looked like this fucking big monster man is, like, beating up this elderly person. Like, it just looks (laughs) fucked up. Like... Now, if that had been the only appearance, that would have been good enough to be very right, memorable. Right, that would have been literally like, he already would have been on this list, right? right? <laughs> However, the next year, WrestleMania 15, right? This is a time where, when and Kane is a face during this like period of time. X-Pac or some well, shit. Like, is this with this? The San Diego chicken comes out. Yeah. And attacks Kane. And then... And you're very confused, by the way, because there's not, it's not like they said, like, Pete Rose no. is going to be here or whatever, right? Like, all of this chicken just starts attacking Kane. And then Kane rips the mask off, and it's Pete Rose. And everyone's like, holy shit, it's a fucking callback? The continuity. Kane! Kane, that, wait a minute! That, Kane, that, that's Pete Rose! No, it can't be! That's Pete Rose! It's tremendous. I literally was like, as a kid, I was like stunned by this, just the continuity. And all, already I was like, this is a great moment. I, I can't even believe this. So, this is amazing. So the next year. Yeah. During Kane's match. Yeah. The San Diego chicken is there, right? But they're not in San Diego. No, they're, they're in Anaheim. Yeah. But they weren't in San Diego at 15 I, either. Why they were is the Philly. San Diego chicken there in the first place? I don't know. So... San Diego Chicken is there, and if you remember, Kane's like watching him all intently through the mask. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kane's yeah. just like won't hey, take his eyes off this thing, right? We, we have we have a feud. Yes. Like now, now it's like known. So Kane's all worried about the chicken, and then from behind is regular Pete Rose. Yeah, regular. It was all a ruse by regular Pete Rose. Wait a minute, King! And then he gets, in like sweatpants or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then he gets choke slammed, and Paul Bearer does the suck it just because he can, and it's fat. It's good. <laughs> so it's really funny. Now, that's not the only Pete Rose involvement. I guess we should say here that he was uh, inducted in the first celebrity wing. Okay. Now, of the WWE I Hall have of Fame to say in about this. 2004. Yes, I definitely have something to say about that because to me, that always came off as okay, and oh God, this is horrible. But this is a leak over, and you may not agree with me here. I always felt this was a leak over from like when WWF was like fucking picking a fight with striking MLB in '94. What? Like, the, the, hear me out here. Think about this. I'm, I'm thinking. Remember when they were like WWF? We're the moral high ground and all this. <laughs> we're fucking better than MLB, and they yeah. had like that fucking news article man say they were like good or whatever. Yeah. They, Vince always had like some fucking issue with the MLB, and I don't know why. But, like, I always felt that this inducting Pete Rose thing had nothing to do with him being a good celebrity. It was everything about 
well, the MLB won't induct Pete Rose into their Hall of well, Fame, yeah. but we have Pete Rose in our Hall of Fame. Like, and it was supposed to be like WWF better than MLB. Probably. Like, like I, I don't know why Vince has always had a fucking like <laughs> bug up ish, his ass. Bug up his ass about MLB. Like, did he try to buy a team? I don't like <laughs> what like what is his fucking issue with them? But that's totally what this felt like. Maybe. Uh, so he was inducted, and that was good. And Bobby Heenan gets a few shots in at him during yeah. his speech, which is funny. And then Pete Rose was even mentioned when Kane had anger management. Mm-hmm. With Dr. The, Shelby. Yeah, during the remember during the Daniel Bryan thing? And it's like, a, for some reason, I have an unhealthy obsession with torturing Pete Rose or something. Yeah. Like, there's always the continuity. Pete Rose, yeah. It's always brought up. Right. So... That's really it as far as his involvement. I wonder if, like, when when Kane was running for mayor, if, like, Pete Rose, like, kind of shook his hand and endorsed, endorsed him or something. Funny. That would have been really funny, actually. So, overall, I mean, I was always entertained with uh, Pete Rose's appearances. I thought he did a great job. Totally different thing than LT did. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it's ranking time. Yeah. So, on one hand, we have a guy that was portrayed in a serious angle right. to do a match, wrestled the match, and did a great job. And a big name. Right. And you have another big name, but who was sullied, yeah. tarnished, tarnished from baseball. That was kind of the point of him, right? Right. And who had three consecutive WrestleMania appearances. All of them were funny. All of them had continuity. Yeah. Like the, the WWF remembering their storylines is kind of an amazing thing. It is. Now, neither of them, I think, were important. No. Um, I, I got to say this, though. What? I think by default, that like LTs is more important because it's the main event of a show. It's not like a joke appearance or anything. Meaning like if he fucked that up, it would yeah. have been really bad. That's not to say most celebrities are like um like major like important appearances. So I don't think that's really a criteria. But in this case, I think LT just was exceptional and stood out because of it, right? Yeah, I think I think I have to agree with you, Quinn. He was in the main event of WrestleMania and he delivered. Yeah. Delivered on something nobody really, I mean, nobody was, even as a kid, I was like, a football player, he doesn't wrestle, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, I was like, uh, it kind of convinced me, like, oh, these, I I guess football players are pretty, like, compatible in the ring, and even though it always was really like that anyway, but still, like, even just, like, he had, this was his first match ever, it's not like he had, like, anything on, like, superstars to warm up or something. In front of however many people were there in Hartford. With 300,000 people on pay-per-view, though, that's a big number. It is, and... Who knows how many of those people have never watched wrestling before, and Vince put him in there in the main event. And How much do you want to bet also they got a lot of New York Giants fans just interested? Yeah, no, I'm in, sure in they general, did. Because like, that was his team, his I'm sure whole they career. Did. I'm sure yeah. they did. Yeah. Look, I think that Pete Rose, it was very funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was very entertaining, and Pete Rose did a really good job. Mm-hmm. But it was ultimately a more minor role. Right. Especially the last two. Like, the first one, no one knew what to expect. It was minor, but it was very memorable. It's memorable. It's enduring. I will say this. The thing about the Pete Rose thing, I am always surprised. I've heard people that don't watch wrestling. I've heard, like, say, hey, I I remember in Attitude Era, Pete Rose. Like, they're baseball fans. And, like, they still bring this up. Like I, I've actually heard it brought up before. Like, really? like I don't. I was like, you even know that? Like, <laughs> that is like a footnote in the Attitude Era. But for people who really like baseball, yeah, don't know much about wrestling. For some reason, they remember this shit. Yeah, I guess it made an impression on people. Right. The I think it was the idea that Pete Rose was on something. Well, that's Especially, the other thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because he was kind of like like a pariah in in sports of any kind. Yeah, because he was banned entirely from baseball. Right. So, yeah. But overall, I think I think I'm with you. LT. Because of what he was put into right. and his performance at it was very good. 
Right. I think LT goes to number one. Yeah, LT at number one. But I, we, we, like I said, it's the first week though. There's yeah. nothing really. You, you, it's one or the other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> flip a coin. That's pretty much what it is. But I, I'm with you, Quinn. So. That'll do it for week number one. Obviously, folks, let us know yours. Let us know who you think should be number one for right now. Is it Lawrence Taylor? Is it Pete Rose? You can let us know that. Obviously, next week we will kick off the flush. But, Quinn, when we come back, we are reviewing the final, in a way, WWF Wrestling Challenge, yay, from Mm -hmm. 1995. That will be coming up right after this. Yeah, I got my revenge yeah, on you this finally cane. Got cane this huh? big red machine. That's great. That's great. I haven't felt this good since 1975 when the real big red machine won the that's World right. Series. Hey, hey, you got three World Series rings, right? By the way, that's three more to San Francisco Giants. I think they even got beat by an earthquake <laughs> in 1989. Maybe so. My luck's changed, man. I feel it. I, feel I can good. feel it too. Hey, hey. Congratulations. Hi, man. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, good talk. All right. It's changed, huh? Don't bet on it. Oh my god, Kane, no! wrestling fans it's time to shout out our friends of the show now these are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like ovp let's start with the best of southern fried wrestling we're talking filthy we're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast we're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the nwa each week and then for a whimsical journey led by one man pete winson Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, Episode 231. And Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. We are. I want to remind you guys, over on our Facebook group, you know, where there's no clips. No no clips at all. No clips. You can go to our Facebook group, and you can put in specific episode suggestions. There's a pinned post, like an announcement post. Just put stuff in there. We are going through that list and picking things and taking almost exclusively your suggestions going forward. Mm -hmm. We've been doing that for a little bit now. We have, and we've watched some fun shows because of it. We have. So if you have something you want us to review, put it in there. If if it's on the internet, put the link in. If not, just put the show and the date, and we'll see if we can get it. And this one, Quinn, was requested by Santiago (sighs) Ivan Villalobos. uh, Thanks, Santiago. (laughs) He wanted us to do WWF Wrestling Challenge. Just that, without the date. Sounds, sounds great. Fine, yeah. Sounds wonderful, right? And Cindy's man. Yeah. August 27th, 95. <laughs> 95? Yeah. In a lot of ways, this is known as the final wrestling challenge, and I will explain why. Very, <laughs> the very history of fucking challenge, yeah. So this is the weekend syndicated version that in our area aired on Fox. Right. And this is the one that was always paired with superstars, right? Yeah. So like the week Saturday generally was superstars, Sunday was challenge. They both had their matches from the arena, and that was that. Well, in the summer of 95, WWF scaled back its syndication. They dropped Spotlight. I think the final Spotlight... I can't even believe Spotlight was still on. I know, no one watched it. <laughs> Seriously, it? if you watched Spotlight in 95, Richard Land needs to know if you taped it. It's, it's actually like, that's a, that's a, a tape somebody is looking for. That, yeah, legit. That is actually, actually rare. Because yes. it's a physical tape that nobody can fucking find of, of this show. Of Spotlight 95, yeah. yeah. 
So they drop Spotlight completely, and they drop Challenged to the point where Superstars is still syndicated, but Challenge is going to go on to sometimes be on somewhere right. in weird recap form, which we've done. It was on throughout the rest of 95, throughout 96, into early 97, and then became Shotgun Challenge. But this is the true end. The canonical end to the yes. like, actual Bobby Gorilla Challenge, yes, right? The, the one that started in 86, which was adopted from All-Star Wrestling, yeah. you know, which was on from 71 to so, 86. But by virtue, this is also technically the end of the All-Star canon. If you yeah, think about it, it is the sad end. This is the final end to that canon. Who would have thought all those great matches from All-Star Wrestling? Yeah, and, all those good ones. Yeah. Not only that, throughout 1995, and I believe even starting in 94, Challenge was simply using the exact same matches as WWF Action Zone. Right. Which was essentially just the USA Network cable equivalent of this show. I think it was even on the same day on Sundays. Just different commentary. The matches were in different order. Yeah, and I want to say this. There was a lot of confusion when I was watching this because I was like, did I see this shit on right. Challenge? Right. Like, Because, like I said, the name Challenge and watching it in 1995 didn't seem familiar. But I know all these matches I'm watching on here, <laughs> right. I definitely saw all of these. And they were presented as if they were like happening on that show like right. first. That's how I saw them, too, yeah. was Action Zone. It I had to be Action Zone, right? Yeah, because I either think I forgot Challenge was on, or if it might have been on at the exact same time here. Pre-glass table Action Correct. Zone, right? Yeah, yeah. The arena version. Yeah. With Todd, usually. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, that one. Uh-huh. That's what's going on here. These same matches were generally also on Action Zone, so you might have seen them there. But Quinn, August 95, you and I are both fans at the time, watching probably every second of WBF TV right. we can. And we don't know it's bad. <laughs> right. That's the that's the worst aspect of it. It, it upsets me looking back at how poor it is, like and like just thinking, wow, this shit was amazing. Those were the days, yeah. Quinn. So I guess uh without any further ado. Yeah. And you can find this right on YouTube. This is direct from YouTube if you want to watch it. WWF Wrestling Challenge, the final one kind of. August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five. This is still freaking on. I can't. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. So does this mean it's still a B show or what even is the lettering at this point? Like it was well, a Z? Like what, what, what is this? I mean, in syndication, it's the B, but in terms of uh, what's treated important, yeah, Raw. What class is this in at this point? Well, Raw is definitely one, yeah, right? Number one. That, so that would be A. Superstars is still B. It's probably a solid B, Superstars, yeah. right? This is essentially Action Zone, just like the syndicated version. Right. But there's also Mania. Yeah still on at this time so i don't know it's probably like the seal it's c it's level c. yeah it's, it's c. c okay and we start with one of the revolutionary force in sports entertainment you know that mm -hmm. whole deal the revolutionary force in sports entertainment still using that generic guitar shred into you know <laughs> that means they don't care no yeah that, <laughs> that, that theme is like <laughs> 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 and like we said, this is the day of SummerSlam 95, so I'm sure no one even watched this episode. Well, they might have, because they might have been like me. It's like, I gotta know if there's any fucking updates, oh, true, right? true, yeah. Like, and if, if Action Zone aired some of the stuff that was on yeah. this, I know I definitely saw it that week. Yeah, I might have seen Action I was Zone. I was probably like, oh man, it's fucking SummerSlam tonight. Wait. My parents are letting me order. I remember we were allowed to order this one. I saw this one. Yeah, and like, I was probably like, any WF I could find, because I was like, well, just in case, right? right, right. Like, something could happen in the arenas this morning that like, <laughs> why are they somewhere else? Like, you know, that shit don't when you're a kid. To, don't they have to go to SummerSlam? As a kid, I especially on a pay-per-view night, I would be extra fucking confused at like if there was like how are is there matches at 
12 noon and they're like this guy's gonna be at summer like how the fuck is he getting there right like i would be like because even sometimes i swear they would say they gotta hop on a plane or whatever like they would like pretend they gotta go down to SummerSlam, folks yeah. anyway there's a lot of new gen in this intro quinn man mountain rock yeah. <laughs> well it fits the guitar maybe he's playing they, it you know they just showed him simply because they're like, like yep. when it like hits like the peak of the guitar it's totally like they do why. show man mountain rock right, that's why though one of my one of my dad's favorite guys <laughs> it's funny the, michael the wf <laughs> Guitar. guitar was like a punchline in our house. It. it was so stupid. And it ends uh, with Diesel, of course, the champion. Then we get Pyro for challenge. <laughs> like, Very ni- important. 1995. <laughs> Fucking Pyro? Are they kidding? <laughs> Gotta make it seem important. JR welcomes <laughs> us from the green screen along with handsome Doc Hendricks, oh. who's reclining all stupidly in his chair. Hello again, everybody. I'm Jim Ross alongside handsome Doc Hendricks, and welcome to WWF Wrestling Challenge. This is the early Doc, oh, right? He had, he had debuted in April as an announcer, and he is still, like, slightly heel or whatever he was supposed to be. The fucking doc. And why are they, like, hanging sideways from the roof? How do they pull that <laughs> the off? Like they, they, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those angles, like that Raw you hate, where they're like... <laughs> Wait, like, where is the camera? <laughs> like, where, where are, are they, they sitting? It's, like, too zoomed out behind them, and they're too zoomed in, yeah. the people. Like, it doesn't look right. It looks very poor. Yeah. Doc teases something about Lex Luger before we go down to ringside where... Okay, Hakushi's entering the ring. Yes, I was like, even the heel Hakushi oh, as a good. kid, I really liked him. He's like, good. It's like, and this music showed this, and like there's like thunderbolts and like, and then it like kind of climaxes. Like this song is one of my favorite entrance themes, and it's like extremely long. It's a really good theme. I agree with you. And his opponent in the ring is Barry Horowitz. Oh no, it's this, isn't it? This. I remember this. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh god, please no. So you did see it. You saw this on Action Zone. I had to have. Barry gets a decent pop, actually. That's because he beat Skip twice. Hakushi doesn't even have a manager with him, which, again, is getting me more scared because I was like, oh, no. No Shinja, right? Yeah, this is, if I recall, this is like one of the first times there's no Shinja. Yeah, I don't remember when he left, but yeah, you're right. This is like one of the first times, which is peculiar, but they don't even mention it because they don't want you thinking about it because it's too big of a hint of like... What's to come? Yeah. Earl Dinkle's going to be our referee here, and they're in stripes, by the way. That started the march, just in case you want to know. As Kushi shows off his like very real tattoos. <laughs> very real. I'm not gonna lie, as a kid, I really did fall for this. So did I, I. I really thought, man, that must have fucking hurt. That was my thought when I saw him, like when he's got like tattoos like on his fucking nipples and well, shit, and I'm just like, man, that must have been really painful. Well, we were nine. I mean, so yeah. I don't, yeah, it's okay. And dude. on his face, <laughs> it's crazy. And I'd be like, what does it say? <laughs> I wonder what it does say. Yeah, if anything. Just says Hakushi six times in a row or something. That'd be really like, funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> now his music, like you said, is really good, Quinn. Yeah, it rules. It really it, does. It really is good. I like. I almost want you to like drop it behind us because it's like very subtle and like great. Okay. There is no theme like this, Joe. Yeah, it's not I, a rare theme. That's for I sure. don't remember a theme like this in wrestling. Period. Well, mankind's is kind of like it. Sort of, but this is even more stringy and like very light. It's stringy. And there's even a point where it does the Japanese the yeah, like in the middle, like it, it, like a like a harp or something. Like I don't know. It's very good. They did a good job with it. Yeah. So I'm, I was looking around the arena here, and it looked like we were in Lowell, Massachusetts. So I looked it up, and it's actually Worcester, but. It, same thing. Also, hi, Crockett. This looks like the arena where Sean lost his smile in various other things, like Christmas DX That's what I and thought, stuff. But like, I thought that was Lowell. Yeah, I don't Worcester. know. This, it's the same like it's the same setup. Shit. Yeah, Bill that Buckner. weird like overhang and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So JR references the World Tour de Force coming up. On the World Tour de Force. Bell and Hakushi wanders around before staring Horowitz down. Lock up side headlock by Barry. Go behind into a hammerlock and a single leg from behind. The arena looks very hazy because of the pyro. Meanwhile, JR gets all pissy at Doc for bringing up Bulldog's heel turn on Diesel. Yeah, meanwhile, Doc's all happy about fucking King Mabel. Of course he is. <laughs> like, to a T, the fucking impression that Joe always does. Well, we got King Mabel. Yeah, it's like he's immediately talking about fucking King Mabel. It's I real. Even- Believe that. And King Mabel, Sir Mo, and we're gonna I'm gonna show you the footage. I was like annoyed instantly by Doc on this. Like he really pissed me off. He is very aggravating here. Yeah. An actual Barry chant starts up here in Worcester as we get a kick by Hakushi, but Barry grabs the leg and uses another in a leg drag. This isn't looking good. I'm very sad for Hakushi. Yeah. Yeah. Get a pat on the back, but Barry walks right into a spin kick. Good. But suddenly, Quinn, Skip, and Sonny wander out. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Okay. Cool. Sonny bangs Tamara Murphy version, you know, like the early one. How you doing? Hi. Yeah. Okay. Hakushi now, though, still in the offense. Corner whip by Hakushi. Beautiful handspring elbow. Firm control, Joe. He's in firm control. <laughs> Nothing got, can go wrong here, right? He's got this in the bag. Yeah. Stops in the corner by Hakushi now when he runs back to the corner. Charges in with kind of a Bronco buster. Yeah. Less x pocky though. Less mm-hmm. balls in the face type of deal. Yeah. Hakushi then goes to the apron. Springboard splashes in off the rope. But Horowitz moves. European uppercuts by Barry. Double underhook suplex. Sonny and Skip now get all upset as Horowitz hits a leg drop for two. Irish whip by Hakushi. Leapfrog. He avoids Barry, though, and tosses him to the floor. Sonny now hops on the apron and talks to Earl, so Skip wanders over and beats down Horowitz. Jair's all pissed about that. Uh, Skip throws Barry into the ring. Hakushi measures him up. Meanwhile, Doc tells JR, Hey, life's not fair, Spanky. <laughs> what? <sighs> Hakushi <sighs> now distracts Earl, so Skip punches Horowitz through the ropes, but Horowitz fires back and knocks Skip on his ass. Good. I know. Yeah. Good. Chop, though, by Hakushi. Irish whip. Beautiful drop kick by Hakushi. Gets two. Irish whip again. Reverse. Duck under by Hakushi. Go behind. Horowitz reverses a suplex attempt. O'Connor roll by Hakushi, but Skip hops on the apron. Hakushi's off the ropes. Mm-hmm. Accidentally knocks Skip off the apron, though. And Barry gets a roll up for the win. Damn it, Skip. Here's the thing. You're not supposed to like heels, but there was something about Hakushi that was cool. It was cool. And this, as a kid, it felt like it instantly devalued him. Instantaneous, like, what a fucking joke. Well, then he right? teamed with uh, Barry. He teamed with Barry and, like, <laughs> Rad awful. Radford's now hanging out with fucking Skip. It, Rad it, Radford. And then, then he gets mad at him, too, I feel like. <laughs> it's I, very poor. It, and they're all, why are they losing to this jobber? Right. Like, and then, like, Barry Horowitz, like, they keep acting like he's becoming a bigger deal. But then, like, the minute he has to fight any real competition that's not Skip or, like, <laughs> Hakushi getting fucked or, like, Rad Radford yeah, or something, loses. he just loses. And it's just like, what the fuck? With the, like, it's just like, oh, look. And now all these three characters are just garbage. Remember, he also had the glasses. And yeah, he looked, it was it, bad. It just like it dork. just upset me that Hakushi got roped into this. Right, this didn't feel like what you put Hakushi in. No, you don't. Because he shouldn't. was this is a guy that was fighting Bret Hart and like taking him to the limit recently. Yeah, right, almost beat him. Yeah. Anyway, nice reaction for the win. Horowitz wins again. Doc does Jr.'s original Horowitz, Horowitz wins chant just to mock him. Ugh. Horowitz wins. Horowitz wins. Horowitz wins. By the way, Skip is all, like, disheveled here. He's going in to check on Hakushi. Skip is all sad. I know. But Hakushi is pissed, though. So was I at the time. It made me hate Skip, like, a lot. <laughs> like, I never forgave him. Like, Sonny, I can forgive because she's cute or whatever. Yeah. But Skip, what a jerk. Like, how <laughs> how could 
did he cost Hakushi this? It was so upsetting. It was. Doc is all, get him, get him. Yeah. So Hakushi shoves Skip down, and then Sonny climbs into the ring, falls down all silly. She, this was so fun. The way Sonny, Sonny is the real star. You can notice, like, it's stuff like that, the details where she's She's great, man. She's just like, ah! Like, falls right on her butt. She's like very sensational Sherry. Very. Yeah. Backdrop by Hakushi on Skip, and then he gets the hell out of there, making a, and uh, Skip does, making a huge scene with Sonny. That was pretty good. This whole thing was fine. I'm not kidding. It didn't Mm -hmm. bother me. And we now go to live event news. Cue the Tamara Murphy intro. <laughs> yeah. It was very much that. It is that intro. But this time around, we're joined by Stan Lane, who is still there. <laughs> well, hi, fans. Lane hypes up SummerSlam, presented by Stridex. We promise it won't suck. <laughs> and of course, Stridex, because that's what you think when you think about wrestling. Did this summer- Zit pads. Yeah, did this SummerSlam have the Stridex blimp? Is this where that appeared first? <laughs> you know, Quinn, I think it did. This is where it's, and they just kept that fucking blimp for months. And didn't they have Stridex for like three years in a row with SummerSlam? Stridex was a big funder of, of WWF for a quite a while during the new gen era right the, the pimple epidemic of 1995 <laughs> it's or true yeah. it's true and lane also hypes up the big october 6 msg show you know in five weeks yeah what <laughs> why are they by the way they kept talking about this this whole show and the more i thought about it the more i'm like this is really far away <laughs> like why october. are we talking about this <laughs> they're really desperate to sell tickets yeah, i guess you know really ahead of time usually msg they can sell it in a minute yeah they have to fucking hype it five <laughs> weeks in advance it's that's pretty, crazy it's pretty poor yeah but nine big matches have been signed Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum. Neat. Yeah. If that's You're not a- going to know the result at all. You know what I mean? Like, that match is like today on yeah, SummerSlam. Like, They're why are you doing it? Yeah. Why, why, why do you care about this? That's a great point. But that's not all, Quinn. Yeah. The sweetener. This <laughs> is why you care. Because in Bret Hart's corner, it's going to be. <laughs> George the Animal Steel. What? He's like, coming out of retirement. What? What? Also, he's just in this corner. They didn't even say he was going to wrestle. Not. They're like showing like old clips of yeah. George still eating the turnbuckle. It's like nobody, nobody asked for this in 1995. I'm a youngster, like right. who's just new to wrestling. I'm like, who? who like, are they this, hooking with? They're this? showing me like an old man on the screen with a hairy chest eating turnbuckles, and I'm like, why? Do, why should I care? You don't want to see him do the elephant arm or yeah, whatever he yeah. does? It's like, what the fuck? Bret Hart being with George Steele just sounds horrible. What you know what I mean? stupid pairing. I Why think... isn't he with Barry Horowitz or something? What? Oh, you mean Steele. Like, in Fighting Skip. I thought you meant Bret Hart. That's where I'm saying George Steele belongs. Well, Bret and Barry could be a good team because they used to both be Bret Hart, remember? Oh, God. Yeah. We both had the same name, but I was the real Hart, you mm-hmm. know? Also, Shawn Michaels will be defending the IC title, you know, if he still has it after SummerSlam. Right. Because, again, the the build for this is like... <sighs> it's confusing. But it'll be against the British Bulldog, uh, which Stan Lane says Bulldog is a lowlife, he's a liar. You know, so mad. Him. This is like just happened, and Stan Lane's like, this fucking asshole. Fuck him. You know what? He's a liar. He that says he's sorry, but... of shit. Like, he is so mad at him. Let's just call it like it is. He's a, he's a liar. He's a lowlife liar. So then Bulldog now gets a promo. He's still got the long hair. Don't worry. Yeah. From last week, and he's like, uh, you know, I apologize to the fans in Madison Square Gardens, yeah. and I'm sorry for beating up Diesel. Very nice. Very nice. And Lane, fuck him. Yeah. He's a lot. <laughs> this was weird, this bulldog, because it's like before the short hair, so yeah. it's like you, you're you like, oh, maybe he just got mad or something, You believe right? him, because yeah. his hair's long. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. It's the long hair. It's good he shaved it or whatever, because it was really hard to take him seriously as a heel with, with the, the long, long hair, with the long, like, Bo Derek hair or whatever. <laughs> the friendly hair. He's like, boy, I'm nice now or whatever. Fish. Yeah, fish chicken. 
So then we recap some more Diesel Bulldog stuff again as Doc calls Jr. Spanky again. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God, he's so annoying. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's not good. Now we get a commercial, Quinn, for Comic Zone. Yeah, I remember that game. I don't. Really? It was on Genesis. I, it, I didn't it, have that. It looked pretty cool. You know why I didn't have that? Because I had Super Nintendo. Oh, I see. So. Played it at, like, camp or something. They had, like, a game center. You with your stories from camp? Camp is good. I don't know. It's the summer of 95. I was, like, in the height of camp. <laughs> summer of George. Yeah. Next up, Quinn, simple pimple control from Stridex. Yep, because the pimple epidemic, as we said. Yep. It has aloe, Quinn. Ooh, nice and soothing. Aloe, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, if you want to gain weight, take GNC's 1850 Pro Performance Weight Gainer. In the past, you had to eat fatty foods like a big fat ass, like <laughs> fries and shit. Now we have protein shakes. Now it's just you can get all that fat in a drink. Give you a big runny dump, too. Yeah. Now a commercial for SummerSlam, <laughs> which, which features... Whose humor is this, by the way? <laughs> yeah. It features farmers yeah. sitting outside. Who watching, really? This is crazy. It's horrible. Watching TV. They're all old, Yeah, they're way. old. And they're on rabbit ears, right, right? This TV. Remember how you can get SummerSlam on rabbit ears? Here it is. And then suddenly they turn young. And then a truck pulls up with a diesel inviting a young lady to SummerSlam. And then the men get old again. Well, a young lady who was old five yeah, minutes ago. She was like elderly. Yeah. And now she's like this hot yeah. like vixen or whatever. I Again, I would believe all of this. The the young, the fountain of youth and everything. I would believe all of it if it wasn't for the rabbit ears. <laughs> that that really took me. That, point. that took me out of this big time. I was like, you can't get SummerSlam on over-the-air TV. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, they make a big deal about it. It won't be available on home TV in the 80s, yeah. remember? Yeah. You don't get yeah. this picking up an antenna. I just, Where do you it, think this is coming from? So, buy SummerSlam. Yes. I, I, like I said, the, the thing with Diesel taking the old lady away, yeah. now that she's young, yeah. it felt like the precursor to the Diesel fan club meetings. Those are sweet. They're very nice. Oh. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up like Diesel fan club 90s or whatever, and it's just all these like mid- like, like middle-aged middle-aged so. women like hanging out with diesel in like just like a local armory room that they like arranged and like kevin nash showed up he's so nice and apparently okay so this if, if you don't know this it's my understanding that i don't know if it's still going on now but it, it went on deep into like the 2000s Did it? and it started in the 90s like when he was at the height of diesel right like right. diesel baby face and like i, I it's my understanding that every christmas kevin nash would go to the official like Diesel fan club run by these like middle aged women, and he would be there. That's so nice of him. And, and seriously, he'd show up to the Christmas party every year. That's so nice. And, and it always made me like, man, Diesel was very good to his fans. He was. Back to the announcers now, where Doc makes very annoying gestures as Jr. is talking. Jr. then does a hideous British bulldog impression. Terrible. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm Davey boy. <laughs> or he like in the JR voice. <laughs> it's so bad. You should drop that in because it's poor. Okay. He's going to say, I wasn't even there. It wasn't my fault. Now we clip to Raw from last week where King Mabel is on the mic and he calls out the Allied Powers to face him and Mo. By the way, Sir Mo is very good. <laughs> I kind of He's like the best him, part of this. I like yeah, him. Sir Mo. <laughs> he's very loyal. Uh-huh. He, he like just supports Mabel. Uh-huh. He does what he's got to do. Good man. We cut to Bulldog and Diesel in the ring now, where Bulldog says that Lex Luger isn't here. But you know what? He'll team up with Diesel. How about it, Big Daddy Kaul? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Ugh. And Diesel accepts. So we cut to the match, Diesel and Bulldog against Men on a Mission, where Diesel's just kicking Moe's ass. Of course it's Moe taking the hit. Well, he's only a sir. He isn't a king. That's right. But then King Mabel wanders in, stares down Diesel, 
Bulldog then clotheslines Diesel from behind, beats the fuck out of him, and I clearly remember this heel turn. I remember it too, and I remember being shocked. I was so upset. I couldn't believe, like, the British Bulldog, the idea of him being a heel was weird. Yeah, because he had come in when I just started watching at mm-hmm. SummerSlam 94, and he's like, big friends with Brett and Lex Luger and yeah, shit. And I was and, like, oh, what a face, right? Yeah, and he's attacking Diesel. He and wears I like, glasses when yeah. he's not wrestling and his hair is more curly. I like Diesel yeah. too as a kid. I'm not going to lie. I, I did think, like I, him. I'll say this. The heel turn for me, the biggest the biggest thing that I couldn't forgive him for was cutting the hair. I was so mad about I the hair. I was too. I was like, how dare he? I was like, what is this? I didn't like he the short stupid. hair. stupid. He did. I know. And he has weird pants on too. <laughs> Bulldog stretchy pants. He did have stretchy pants. So now Jim Cornette wanders into the ring and we cut to King Lawler happily interviewing Bulldog and Cornette backstage. Then we cut to a promo from Mabel. <laughs> this is funny. I like this. <laughs> this is so stupid. I hated it. Big Daddy Fool, I always knew you were a fool. That right there. That. Just the, the fool after fool. No. Department of Redundancy Department? Yeah, exactly. But I never knew you were stupid. Fuck 95. Seriously. <laughs> I don't mind it. Ugh. He's also like 23 here, which is crazy He is really young. He's so young. Promo from Diesel now, who says, this was the last straw. And Mabel, you spilled some diesel fuel, but you were careless. <laughs> and you spilled some on yourself. Please stop. What? Please, what? what? He's, doesn't he say he's going to like light a match? Yes, he's like, Burn him. He's like, so at SummerSlam, I'm going to take a blowtorch to you. Uh, what a face. <laughs> That's so nice, right? That was the worst fucking promo. Yeah. You spilled diesel fuel, but you got some I feel like yourself. it's worse because Mabel wears like cellophane. Like, <laughs> like he wears like like that shit. His like clo- mylar. His, his, his clothes always look like that shit that's on top of that popcorn that you put over the the, the oven or whatever, or the, the stove. Jiffy Pop? Yeah, his, his pants look like the Jiffy Pop like cellophane shit. He looks like security tape. Yeah. So oh. him going on fire, it's just like, I think, like the Hindenburg or something. Oh. Like, it's very sad. Because he's large, too? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. Blimp? hmm Okay. Commercials are clipped out this time, but we do get one. Here For we go. WWF. How many times have we covered this, by the way? Uh, their new fall season. It's a stup. Who wrote these? <laughs> this time it's this some- Todd. Yes. It's, it's Todd humor. You know it is. And the, my name is uh, Kringle McDingle face here. <laughs> yeah. and I got a great commercial for you, Vince. And it's some lady looking under a WWF sheet. Do you forget to mention she's dressed like it's the 50s? Yeah, but she's of course. like a she's 50s old, old lady. Get it? New yeah. generation. I don't even understand what new season means. Even as a kid, I was confused because wrestling doesn't have season. I'm like, what do they mean, new season? I don't know. What's happening? I don't get it. Sem- doesn't like the Monday Night Football music play like after this the yes. other music? It's like, what? Dun, 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 that one. How did they get that? I don't know. Maybe it's a snippet, so it's okay, but. For them, I guess, with the new full season essentially wound up meaning is syndication is going to all hell. Yeah. So we're getting rid of most of our shit. And Raw's going to get that new crummy intro with the dun, 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 the horrible song. Is this with Bad Guy, Undertaker, no, Sean Michaels, Heartbreaker, all that shit happens? Superstars, yes. Okay. But Raw gets like the dump intro with Sean dancing on the roof. Oh, yeah. The that one they one. filmed that has actually really good footage, but at first they only use the worst of it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. You ever notice that? The song is shitty. It's yeah. just all bad. Anyway, Jacob and Eli Blue are entering the ring here to take on Matt Hardy and... Jason Arndt, who is Joey Abs. Yeah, again, fuck 1995. <laughs> Look, at that. Look at that. Look at he. Well, the Blue Brothers, blue. All of it's bad. <laughs> Everything that's in the ring is bad. <laughs> so JR hypes up the Fox 5 WrestleMania, the special. Did you watch it? I watched that. I 
Probably remember not. what it is? I, I don't remember what it is. It's Diesel and Michaels oh, from WrestleMania 11. this is where they just replayed some... Re- yeah, I did. I, never mind. I definitely and, saw this. And LT and Bam Bam with new commentary. That's the only oh, difference. Oh, they had new commentary. It I didn't did. even realize it that. Uh, Joey Ebb starts with whoever and gets shoved down. Jack Doan has the privilege of refereeing this one as yep, we get a power privilege. tip privilege. Power slam by one of the Blue Brothers, tagged to the other one. Irish whip, big boot. Doc now hypes up George Steele being in Brett's corner again at MSG. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cared about this, and I don't even think they showed what happened. Did I don't they? know if they showed footage. I know I know that George Steele does do promos with Brett, <sighs> and I don't think Brett liked him in real life as an agent because he was like an asshole as an agent or something. Was that why he was here as an agent? He still worked for them, right? I believe by this point he still did. Yeah, okay. I think he did. Anyway, double team by the Blues and top rope clothesline. Matt Hardy tags in, tries a springboard clothesline, but Blue doesn't move. Irish whip, big boot, big front slam, snap mare and an elbow by eight ball or whatever. I don't know which ones. It doesn't matter. I literally knew who none of these people were. I was just like, Blue tags Blue, other Blue. He's outside Blue. He's inside Blue. Selson Blue. I don't know who any of these people are. We need some Blue's clues here. Yeah. Mm, Thanks. Uh, Tag to Skull. Irish whip, big boot is avoided by the other grim twin here who clotheslines Hardy from the apron. That was the one nice spot of the match. Uncle Zeb, by the way, is there, but he's just calmly at ringside. He's not really doing anything. I don't blame him. He's being Zeb. Yeah, being <laughs> Zeb. Uh, modified heart attack here by the Blue Brothers. By that, I mean, it's just like a standing clothesline. Oh, he doesn't do the Brett lovely. style. None of this fucking matters, no. Joe. Blue Brothers get the win. None of it matters, Quinn. Yeah. Promotional consideration is done by Todd, unfortunately. Lord's gone. Very sad, yeah, by the way. Oh, well. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Nerf Max Force. Nerf has a fucking crank gun, Joe. They have it. Get it now. Mortal Kombat 2 for Sega Saturn. Mm. Did any of you out there have a Saturn? I know it was like functionally a very good console, but because... mm. Listen to me. Listen to me. It was. It was actually like a a well-done console, but because Sega was the fucking WCW of marketing, (laughs) they fucked up everything. They put out the 32X like right before it, so everyone's like, I don't want that. I want the Saturn. The problem is it couldn't do 3D as good as PlayStation, but the 2D was very good on it. Yeah, it couldn't do 3D as good as PlayStation, but if they would have marketed the Saturn better, it would have had a much longer life. Well, if they decided to not say at E3, they're like, it's out. Now! now, like everyone, and even like the retailers were like, "We don't have it." We, what what are you talking about? It's out now. What do you mean it's out now? And the game developers are like, "We're still working on." We shit. We don't even what have you- fucking games <laughs> for this shit yet. Like, like it was just like a couple of Sega games, yeah. like maybe two. I'm telling you, WCW. Also, Batman Forever for all the systems. Hyped by Todd. I'm pretty sure he probably did a video about tips for this, too. Strategy, guys! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now we go to a clip of a phone ringing at the offices of Isaac Yankum. The offices of Isaac Yankum DDS are closed. He has an appointment this Sunday night at SummerSlam with the hitman Bret Hart to extract revenge for the King Jerry Lawler. What was even the point of this, Joe? It's a very bad promo for SummerSlam. Who wrote this? Yeah, like Todd. Is this Bruce? Yeah. This has know. gotta be Bruce, right? All this horrible vignettes. What I don't get is why is this even necessary? Because <laughs> they could have just had a, a serious Todd like Bret Hart, he's been bothered by Isaac for months. Now he's going to extract revenge on the dentist. Join us at SummerSlam. Tonight. Like, yeah, tonight. <laughs> With the, the yeah. extra cut you in. Know, like, like the serious Todd. Yeah. <laughs> tonight. That's what all you he needed. Not like a phone and, and like a, a tongue-in-cheek like for a Bret match. You literally just wrote a better promo on your feet, you know, just like sp- spontaneously yeah. than this. Yeah. This was horrible. It was, it was bad. It really was. Anyway, we now cut to Doc 
interviewing Bret Hart at the <sighs> Tour de Force earlier this week. I don't know where this is, but it's it, like raw. Yeah, <laughs> it's WWF shot, so it's probably also just a taping for something. Maybe Superstars yeah. probably or something, yeah. But Doc loudly introduces Bret, who storms out with the black jacket, no sunglasses. Doc hypes up SummerSlam, Isaac Yankum, and asks Bret what he's going to do. But while Bret's talking and stuff, Doc is being absolutely intolerable behind him the whole time. <sighs> I hate him. He needs to fucking stop. I can't believe I was new to wrestling during this time and still watched <laughs> with Todd doing what he said. You didn't even mention the fact that when Brett came out to his like awesome music and he's posing, yeah. Doc's doing like a bad dad dance uh, behind yeah, him like, right. and he's docking it up. It's horrible. And it's like, what the fuck? It's so bad that I swear later on, like JR like asks him, he's like, what the fuck were you doing behind Brett Hart? Like, what the fuck? He does ask him, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, Brett references his little piggies. You know, he just didn't like the fact that I had my five little piggies. <sighs> this is 1995, everybody. And says he doesn't know anything about Isaac Yankum and if he's supposed to be a dentist or not. But he's like, you know, you know, maybe I'm supposed to be a brain surgeon. He says this. <laughs> it's good. Brett says he doesn't really care if he's a dentist. Dentists don't intimidate me. <sighs> Different maybe if you were a heart surgeon. <laughs> I hate that Brett has to like lower himself to this like bullshit, right? It's like it's so like Todd humor, even it's for Brett Hart. It's so lame. It, it's very lame. Dentists don't intimidate me. It's different, maybe, if he was a heart surgeon. And Brett's like, you know, I've seen a lot of tough guys. They come and they go, but the toughest one is right here, Isaac Yankum. I gotta say, though, despite how horrible they they booked him in some lame stuff in 95, yeah. right? He made the most of it. Like, you can tell that he doesn't want to be doing this, but he made the most of it. This kind of stuff, Joe, this is how I think of WBF at this point in time, as, yeah. especially as a child. It's that kind of shit. It, it feels so, like, not really good and unprofessional to the point where it's, like, your dad taking you to see his friends do, like, some kind of, like, show, like, dad humor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like, WWF felt like that kind of product your dad took you to the local lions club to see oh, like the local comedian or like maybe a some kind of local athlete or something it's local this, athlete it's this kind of shit where like these weird promos with dad humor and stuff this is like why they weren't making it joe you know, it was no very cared, local man. local local stuff i remember because i was watching i knew brett was gonna beat this fucking dentist. Right. So I really wasn't invested in this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Because I was just like, who the fuck is this? I didn't say that because I was nine, but I was like, what is this dentist? Like, he's not going to beat Bret Hart. And really, the agenda was to fuck over Jerry Lawler anyway. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Isaac Kane over here. <laughs> Nova yeah. Kane. Yeah. Anyway, Bret says, And in the SummerSlam. Yes, he said it. He said the SummerSlam. And then he says, one thing Isaac Yankum is going to need in the SummerSlam. Yeah, he says it again. Is lots and lots of Novocaine. Mic drop. Well, that was a Bret Hart promo. Like I said, he made the best you know of it. You going to need Novocaine or whatever he says. It's ridiculous. You know, when you talk about teeth, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't able to brush mine. Back to ringside where Hunter Hearst Helmsley is entering the ring. Because why not just annoy me more, huh? <laughs> oh, pretty new Triple H here a few months in, and he's looking disgusted at his opponent, Nick Barbary. Who? I know him. No, you never heard him? No. No, he was a jobber in the mid-90s for them. Mm-hmm. He was. I think like a New England guy, actually. But anyway, also, why don't you get on AOL during SummerSlam? JR even gives us the phone number 
a phone number for America online. That's like the most 90s shit ever. Call us for the internet. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> it's so mid-90s, man. Yeah. That's literally the kind of shit. It's like we're getting it hooked up. You yeah. have to use the old system you do. No, to I mean, hook up the new thing. Spend more money on the pay-per-view you're paying for is part I mean, of imagine the- your MCI bill for like <laughs> calling AOL. I love that you specified MCI because that is what we had. Everyone was switching to MCI back then. Well, because fuck- AT&T after the Monopoly the after Ma the, Bell the situation. Ma Bell situation. Bell keeps coming up, Joe. It never won't, Gwen. Yeah. Oh, we get a Bell. Referee, <laughs> of course, is Billy. How? It's Billy Silverman. How does he sneak in like this? It always. He's on the first shotgun. He's on yeah. the last challenge. Sure he was on, like, fucking, like, Saturday night that week somehow. Like <laughs> uh, Triple H, by the way, in case you forgot about this card, is going to be facing Bob Holly in the SummerSlam, by the way. JR acts like that matters. I'm like, yikes. Talk about bottom of the card for Triple H. God, Holy I, shit. They were thin, man. Bob yeah. Holly, look, look. Bob Holly making it on SummerSlam as I, Sparky Plug. Yeah. Like, that's bad. Like, I know. I know. Tough guy. Blah, blah, blah. Bob Holly. Hardcore. And... Fucking Bob Sparkplug Holly was one of the lamest characters they had. Again, I don't he, care. He looks like my friend's dad or as something. A wrestler. Well, yeah, like he looks like nothing. And he looks the gimmick even seems like as if like the one dad in the neighborhood who likes NASCAR said, "You know what my gimmick's going to be, kids? I'm going to be a race car driver." Yeah, seriously though. And his uniform is so bad. I know. It's all it's very lame. Yeah. It's very lame. Even to a 9-year-old, which yeah. I was, I found Bob Sparkplug Holly very lame. I just did. I don't know what the target demo was. I think there's kids, if you grew up in the South, I wonder if like a race car gimmick actually was appealing because that's something you watched. Maybe, like, Quinn, but I grew up in the North and I didn't find Abe Knuckleball Schwartz appealing and that was yeah, a baseball that's gimmick. That's true. You know? so yeah. it's Maybe just, they, they found it just as lame. It's the just, NASCAR kids. It's just so poor. Yeah. Anyway, arm drag takedown by Triple H, and then Helmsley gets all disgusted again. By the way, he's still got, like, the scarf thing. Remember that yeah, era? Yeah. Trying too hard. Shoving contest now. Barbary doesn't back down, though. Finally slapping Triple H and going to work. Irish whip is reversed. School by that Barbary for two. Look at that boldness on Nick there. Told you he's notable. Off the ropes, drop kick by Barbary is avoided by Triple H. Because of course it is. Uh, of course. Uh, big stomps now, Triple H, and some choking. Irish whip, hard back elbow, and then a curtsy. Not <laughs> claps for that. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. Please stop. <laughs> I get it. I Even can't stand him. <laughs> JR gets all upset. What are you seeing, this guy? And JR, Doc is like, you're just mad. You're just mad because I got the Bret Hart interview and you didn't. Uh, and then JR's like asking Doc, who do you think you are? I would like to know the same thing. Who is he? What is he? I don't get it. I still don't understand the early Doc character. Well, any Doc but especially early Doc. Horrible. He just, the one with the coat and the, the the dark black coat and the gloves is weird. It's all bad, though, Quinn. Yeah. Is he just like he thinks he's good and he likes music? The what thing, is the character okay, is all so I want to know. My problem with the character is mostly that he acts like he accomplished something, like he did something, and that he's good about it. But and, it's but also I don't know, vague. I don't know what he's talking yeah. about. He's just like, I'm Handsome Doc. It's like, well, how did you become Handsome Doc? And, I'm Handsome Doc. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, hell. he has no backstory no. and it's confusing and he says things like we're supposed to like know about it right yeah like that I, when i was a kid i would actually like think about like wh like did i miss a vignette was he like a music star kind of like a, a la jeff jarrett sort of like i couldn't figure it out because sometimes he had musical notes on his like yeah and he thinks he like, acts like he's good at music or something like but I, he's not. I thought he was like a rock guy or so, like, i couldn't tell what he was so he just 
it makes me more annoyed as an adult just because I'm extra like I notice it and right. I'm like there's no backstory there's no nothing no, there's he's nothing. just assuming we know what the fuck he is and yeah. it, it sucks and he's vaguely healed but he's not like king levels of insult comedy he's more just annoying and he's just lame it's just bad it's just fucking lame yeah it's all lame yeah. anyway Irish whip duck under by Triple H pedigree and it's all over and the fans do a mocking clap outside I like that yeah. actually yeah. we now segue to the <laughs> The mayor of merchandise. Come on, Barry. Can we, can this get any worse, Joe? Are we serious right now? I couldn't even, like, I literally yelled, come on, like, uncontrollably at my screen when this happened. <laughs> it's Barry Dudinsky. Yes, that's right. Uh, in, in his Bret Hart all over print shirt. Which probably cost like $150 due to some probably like Kardashian wearing it. What? This is a match. Or what, like, you know what I mean? Like Kylie Kardashian, whatever her name is. Like the new one that I'm fashion. Kylie Jenner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Doc and JR. Just oh, it's t- not Kylie Kardashian. No, oh, she's sorry. a Jenner. Uh, Doc and JR just talk over Barry for half of this because fuck it. Hey guys, thanks a lot. Check it out. It's Bret Hart and he's all over the place. He's all over the show. Hey, I like one of Yeah, you should get one. Next time you're going to be Bret, you can wear that. But anyway, if you want the shirt, call 1-800-TIGHT-91. It's $20 plus shipping and handling. Now Triple H wanders over, and he's all disgusted by all the shilling. I don't blame him. Like, <laughs> I was like, I know, right? Like, this shit sucks. Like, even Triple H should comment on it. This is terrible. What are you doing, yeah. mate? Or whatever. You know, whatever he says. He's Australian British. or whatever. <laughs> Barry now shows off the September 1995 WWF magazine with Sean on the cover in his real cool hat. I definitely had that issue. Oh, so did I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also... So you get the magazine if you get the shirt, right. and you will also get Stridex pads if you order the shirt. Are they joking? <laughs> no, you need your pimple pads. It's like insulting. I know. It's like anybody who get this is a pimply nerd. Yeah, that is Assholes. part of the, like, <laughs> It's true. Horrible. And what teenager, and maybe you were watching at the time, but what teenager is watching and thinking it's cool? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't wait to root for Bob Holly. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> Horrible. Anyway. We get a next. We get a Goldust vignette. These are the real early ones where he shows off the Hollywood sign behind mm-hmm. him, and he cuts one of those typical bad early Goldust yeah, promos. Looking stupid. He's got like two. He's like two gold. Yeah, like too much gold. Like they would like tone it down later. They did. They made, it was like practically yellow when yeah. he showed up. Like it was like it wasn't even gold. The first few Goldust promos are not good, in my opinion. They're just, I, I say, like, old movie lines. It is, though. Hasta la vista, baby, and, like, yeah, yada, that happens yada, yada. in yeah. this one. Uh, so he calls out Shawn Michaels, I guess just to establish that he's a heel, and he quotes Terminator 2, mm-hmm. and Vince Russo wrote all of these, by the way, and they're they not very good. They thought they were super edgy. They're not that this good. This is, like, early 90s, like, I, I'm, look how weird it is, like, yeah. right? Like, like, I think that- Like, go- Ren and Stimpy humor. Yeah, kind not of. Not even humor, but Ren and Stimpy style. Goldust got a lot better once he debuted mm-hmm. and wasn't quoting movies all the time. All the time. It got better, but. There wasn't that fucking like Usher guy and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The guy that I Usher. thought was Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Not even kidding. Anyway, back to the announcers who sent us back to Raw from last week where The Undertaker was taking on Tatanka because, of course, he was. Oh, goody. More of this bullshit feud, huh? Still going. It's still, it's like August. Horrible. Thankfully, though, Undertaker just kicks Tatanka's ass for most of this. Well, I mean, look at him. It's Tatanka. Like, are we, like, did we really think he was going to win? Like, no. I, like the, the minute I saw fucking sweaty ass Tatanka getting his ass whooped, I'm like, well, we know where this is going. That's another thing. Again, watching at the time, I, the corporation, I didn't hate them. I thought they were all lame and stupid and would never win anything because they all never right. did. 
them fighting the Undertaker was a bold move. Yeah, like I, the Undertaker. I know he's not going to have a problem with any of them. So I was never. There's in, not one of them that stands a chance no, against the Undertaker. Not even fat like '95 Bundy. None of that. Yeah, even Sid would go down to Undertaker because he was lame too. Yeah, everything was lame mm-hmm. in 1995. It's not revisionist it's history. Most of the stuff is just pretty bad. Yep. I'm not saying there's not good stuff. Dan, but- I can't believe you and me were new to wrestling and we didn't. I know. It's 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 a miracle this podcast exists based off this year's performance. I'll tell you what though, Quinn, I kept keeping a closer and closer eye on WCW as this went on. Mm-hmm. You know, me especially too. once Nitro started. Oh, Saturday night was like big viewing for me at this point. I used to watch it in 95 and mm-hmm. 6. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, DiBiase's at ringside being the worst manager like as usual. Mm-hmm. We get old school, more taker offense. Vince and King, by the way, are on commentary, of course. Even King is wondering why Tatanka is bothering to fight <laughs> The Undertaker. Nobody has any faith that Tatanka <laughs> can win this match. It's like even amazing. King. Even King is like, I don't even know why he's doing this. <laughs> like, dude, he's gonna lose. Like, <laughs> Tatanka. <laughs> they, they like, they're just feeding him to The Undertaker. Like, they That's know. what it looks like. Like, right? Yeah. Tatanka's able to land a really crappy body slam. Taker sits right up. We then clip to a little later in the match where, t- where Taker lands that clothesline off the ropes. Tombstone gets set up. Tatanka wiggles out, though, lands a clothesline. Both men down. They'll back up. Irish whip by Tatanka. Duck under. Choke slam by Taker. He signals for the tombstone again. This time he lands it, and that's that. The crowd was very loud about that, at least. DiBiase is very sad. I mean, did he really think Tatanka had a chance here? It's fucking Tatanka! Come on! <laughs> you know, it seems cruel, almost. You know what else is cruel? Manny Garcia is the ring announcer for oh, your favorite, that right? era. Yeah. Like Buddy Rydell era. Yeah. Vince hypes up the big Undertaker, comma, casket match oh. in the SummerSlam. Once again, didn't care. No. I did not care going into this. There's did only you? one match anybody cared about on this show. Sean Razor. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Did you care about this? No. No. Did you care about Brian I Isaac? Tatanka, I knew, or I'm sorry, I knew Undertaker would get his like his his urn necklace back or whatever. Yeah, whatever obviously, the fuck it was. Yes, this shit had gone on for too long, and there was nobody left in the corporation to stop him. Yeah, Kama was like just the last guy. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, draw the last straw, basically. But then like executioner and all that shit came along. <laughs> Slater. Yeah, just anyway, saying. Back to ta- <laughs> executioner. Back to Doc and Love Jay. Him. <laughs> Fucking underrated. That should be unsung heroes right there. The executioner. <laughs> back to Doc and JR, who are horrible as we go to break. <laughs> the commercials are all clipped out, so we go back to a ringside where Razor Ramon's music hits. Thank goodness. Yeah. Like a real person that we care about. One of the people that wasn't lame in 1995. Yeah, like no, actually, Razor Ramon was, this was like one of the best Razor years <laughs> in 95, believe it or not. He was like a shining light, yeah. you know, in this really lame year. He was actually always good. He was cool. Yeah, he was still good. And he strolls out in his 1995 vest to face uh, Tony DeVito. All cool in his proud challenge appearance here. Yep. It's very nice of him to show up it on this. Very much. Uh, Timmy White will be the referee. Razors in the yellow attire tonight as JR brings up how Gorilla changed the SummerSlam match to Sean versus Razor instead of uh, Sean versus Sid because that would have really stunk. <laughs> you, you know that, that's that, why. It's so funny that they actually did that. I mean, honestly, this turned out to be the only... To be the only match that anyone cared about. If I recall, it was like a four-star match or something, too. It was like really good. It was it really was, good. It was very good. Of course. Imagine if it was just Sean and said This would have been a this terrible This is a match card. that I don't think I've seen since it happened live, Razor versus Sean, because I don't watch SummerSlam 95 like because I want to. Yeah, I don't know. I might have rewatched this match one time ever. 
right. literally one time since it happened. And I'm very curious when we get to that pay-per-view yep. review how it holds up. I'm curious about a lot of 95, yeah. honestly. But uh, Razor's got his old old school heel squash offense here. Like, mm-hmm. He's wrestling like a heel. Oh, he's being a big dick to Tony. And that's on purpose because mm-hmm. he's fighting Sean. Right. They're and trying he, to they're trying to set the the stage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all it is. Chops in the corner, beetle toss, all that stuff. Meanwhile, JR thinks that Razor needs to be more aggressive. Does he? It's Tony DeVito. Like, does he really need to try here? No. I mean, he has he did lose to one, two, three kid that time. That's a good point. That maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. JR now plugs the WWF hotline without a trace of irony. And I'm saying right. that because this is the same company that would make fun of Mean Gene's hotline incessantly. Right. Well, the other thing about their hotline is there's really nothing to call in to find out. Like, who cares? Well, like, the Ross report. You got to call the Ross report. What is there? But seriously, what is even going on in this company <laughs> that warrants me needing, like, extra news that costs a lot of money? I'm serious. What? There's nothing. What, are you going to find out what's in Henry Goblin's slot Ted bucket? Ted DiBiase's credit card got rejected at a restaurant. Like, you know what I mean? Like shit like that there's nothing to talk about you're right but again they have the balls to make fun of mean jeans hotline there was always the wwf one too concurrently yeah they act like i think wwf more the reason they make fun of it is because they feel like their thing was stolen of course it is that's that's their real gripe it's not that they're not making fun of the fact that there is a hotline they're making fun of the fact that they have an imitation hotline and that their hotline's the real hotline but they have the better guy they have mean gene over there in wcw he's better people used to say the ross report did have like tidbits of real shit it can fuck itself yeah i'm I'm gonna make that clear the ross report can fuck itself Anyway, here I heard that uh, one, two, three kid got a speeding ticket, or like you know, it's like shit like that that Who nobody cares? cares about. Yeah. Anyway, Irish whip by razor back elbow, double chin lock. He swats at Devito's head like a heel. Gets up, then boots Devito around a bit, lands a bunch of stomps. Abdominal stretch. Now, as I wish, Gorilla was here. Don't worry, he's probably seething about this somewhere <laughs> in his president that office. That shit's never gonna fucking work. Why does he do that? I'm gonna write him. Up. I'm gonna write something down. Sitting for in this. Gorilla position, yeah. upset about the abdominal stretch. <laughs> JR says that Razor Ramon's real cool and he has machismo as we get a second rope back suplex by Razor. And then the Razor's Edge, nicely done. It's all over. And promotional consideration is paid for the exact same all shit. All of it. Again. Exactly yeah, so the same. Not going to worry about that. Live event news now again with Stan Lane. Hi, everyone. SummerSlam's tonight. Get it on pay-per-view. You know the drill. By the way, this is the first time SummerSlam was on a Sunday. Oh, it was? Not a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Don't forget the big MSG show coming up on October 6th, right, okay? Right. Undertaker will be taking on King Mabel. Neat. What if he's a WWF champion by then? Don't they don't know. even mention that. They don't even try. It doesn't don't worry about it. It doesn't it won't happen. It's King Mabel. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Plus Quinn, George Steele. Don't forget. <laughs> don't forget about that thing that nobody is really clamoring no one, for. No one. Uh, Stan still hits the bulldog, by the way. I just need to <laughs> yeah. clarify that. Yeah. But he's a fucking liar. Fuck him. Fuck that British bulldog. And now we cut to a very annoying promo from Shawn Michaels. And by that, I mean, he's got news for Bulldog. Calls him Jackson. <laughs> he does get a little less annoying at the end of the promo, treating the match as important. I will say, I couldn't believe he was like acting like a pro here, or, like just being like, this match, daddy is yeah, important or whatever. Say daddy. But you, know what he, you know what he, you know what he, you know Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. This match, Jackson is important. I got news for you. Frustration is all around the World Wrestling Federation, Jackson. It's it's 90s humor, Joe. It's not good. He he's exactly like everyone else in this company right now. Let's put it Lame. that way. Yeah. He then's on a ver- ends on a hideous note by saying that he'll be all over the bulldog like Tony Danza on the paparazzi. Now is that? Can I ask a question, Joe? Is uh, that like just a recent thing? I'm like assuming Tony Danza punched out a paparazzi guy, and Sean's being like timely. Probably. That's yeah. probably all it is. I'm assuming it is. Yeah. But next, speaking of timely, Robin Leach wants to tell us that if <laughs> this was you don't so want to sad. polish your fucking silverware, just get silver lightning and soak that shit in your sink. 
I'm sure that's sanitary, <laughs> just putting this crap in your kitchen sink. That's what they show. How do the fabulously wealthy polish their silver? I don't know! Robin Leach, how the mighty have fallen. Huh? <laughs> this is, like, really sad. It is sad. You're He's in right. this, like, cheap-looking room, too. Like, it's For like, polishing silver. He went, he went from, like, on one of the most popular shows in America to, like, like selling silver polish at, like, fucking noon on, on USA Network or wherever this is, on Fox 5. Fox, yes. Yeah. And it's only 1995, of Ugh. course. And you can send your shit if you want it to 2 American Way, Roanoke, Virginia, 24016. Ugh. Horrible. You know what, Quinn? American Way. What? Roanoke, Virginia. This is Tony Atlas's address. Oh, is it? Yes. Really? Also, there's no mention of CODs, so maybe, Quinn, maybe we have yeah, a chance. this gave me hope for 1995 America, <laughs> yeah. not seeing any... They were accepting them? That's, they didn't, that's important. They didn't say there were none. I mean, this shit's so cheap. It's probably like <laughs> two bucks for this stuff. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, over at Autoland, it's leftover time. It's flashing like a Pikachu, by the way. <laughs> Did you notice that, like, at the beginning? Yes. It's like very... It was yellow and black and flashing. Yeah, this is real. Pikachu edition. And you can get a Ford Ranger for only sixty nine eighty eight, which is a very precise price, but... <laughs> yeah, why, why is it, like, $12 <laughs> specifically? It's weird. I don't know. Um, this is sadly cut off, though. We don't get any more vehicles. But we do go to... A horrible sci-fi-themed promo for SummerSlam. I, 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 I can't even properly describe it, Quinn. These shitty aliens are just watching Razor Ramon, and then they like wrestle each other, like trying to imitate him, and he, they kind of like shake the fake ship. It's so bad. Um, and there's then Star there's Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. yeah, there's Star Trek, and it's like, ooh, and then it says the new WWF generation. It can't be imitated. The new WWF generation. We can't be imitated. Serious with this ad? This was so poor. What like this was, was like this? Um, Nickelodeon Canada quality. Like it was <laughs> really bad. And like, the, the other thing is, we can't be imitated. That's once again them being defensive. The thing is, they go to that, but the the theme is space, so it's like it seems stupid. It doesn't make sense. They should have picked a better play on words. Light they should have been like light years ahead of the competition. Or something. Like, once again, Quinn does it again. Yeah, it's so easy. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> I get what this is so fucking lame. It's bad. It's not nothing. No, just bad, bad WWF. Yeah. Very, very bad. Ugh. Back to the announcers now where Doc is extra annoying as JR is he talking. He just cannot stop dancing. Doom, 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 yeah, doom, 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 doing like the, the action zone, zone dance. fucking dance. And he just, while he's sitting, he just, while they're hanging from the ceiling or whatever. It's <laughs> awful. And now finally Doc reveals that JR is out of here next week. Because Wrestling Challenge is ending here on Fox and JR's fired or something. But don't worry, you can catch Doc Saturday somewhere else. He doesn't even say. He's just like, I'll be on Fox I'll be somehow. On other stuff. Yeah, what? I was confused that he didn't say a show name. Like, don't I don't worry, think... no more fucking JR. You'll just see Doc and no wrestling at all. Like, that's like how he said it. It is real. And then Doc makes bus driver jokes about JR being Ralph Crambin or something. I need a job, ladies and gentlemen, but the, the great news is. Join us tonight, 7 o'clock at SummerSlam. Bye-bye, everybody. That's how we say goodbye to Challenge. What a touching tribute to this long-running show. <laughs> Never in my fucking wildest dreams did I think Challenge, a once great Bobby and Gorilla show, yep. would end with Doc Hendricks dancing away. Fucking 1995. Like, horrible! It was like the most let's get this over with ever. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Hey, no more fucking Challenge, assholes. Dang it, dang it, dang it. <laughs> I'm dancing about it, dancing about it. Like, and you're just like, fuck! 
even the last All-American. Yeah. With like... At least they like gorilla in a chair or whatever. No, like, it was Todd with DiBiase. But, oh, sorry. Yeah. But at least they acknowledge it the whole show. They like, were taking the set down. They showed a clip from the first one. In this, they just drop it at the end and Doc's like dancing. It's like, fuck this show. Ha ha. Like it's... I hate Horrible. Them. I hate him. I hate everything he stands for. I hate everything that Doc represents. It's horrible. I don't even know what he stands for or yeah. represents, but... We now get some hype recaps for SummerSlam, including Horowitz, Skip, Taker, comma, and Gorilla say, Yeah, fuck Sid! Razor's gonna wrestle instead! <laughs> the sad thing is I remember watching all these details about the SummerSlam build by like, oh, yeah. every single one. Yep. I was probably way too excited the day this aired as we like we did order this. So, so like, you were into I, it. I was probably thinking about this all day and trying to catch any WWE. I'm, that's probably why I watched Action Zone. And probably, all that, yeah. Know? No, I, I was too. I was very excited. I was convinced that, like, if I didn't, this was a time period where I was convinced if I missed any little detail, I might miss something. That's what's like, funny, Quinn. Yeah. We both knew all the things that were lame, but at the same time, it was like well, I have to see what happens. I love wrestling. I was convinced you know? that there would like they would turn on SummerSlam and like if I missed something, I'd be like. I would think like, oh my god, like did like the Intercontinental title right. like in an off match on well, Challenge change hands or something? You never like, know. Like it's just it was very touch and go, and I needed to watch this garbage. I'm with you. Sometimes I would even think I'm not, this is a real thought that I would have. I was like, I got to catch Saturday Night because what if like what if you, there's a title change? What if there's something on there? But also like, what if they mention WF and then WF's going to talk about it? Oh, <laughs> like I'm not kidding, or the other way around. Also, like, one man gang won titles on there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very happily. I'm not kidding. Like the weekend, there was way too much wrestling on the weekend back then. The weekend was like oversaturated. So many options. There was a ton of shows, and on top of it, sometimes like AWF would be on too. Like weirdly, I, yeah, but I didn't watch that. I'm just well, sometimes I would sometimes I would stumble across it, and uh, I'd be and like, "How the WWF. fuck is there more wrestling?" Yeah. Like I thought I saw everything. <laughs> Uh, Bret Hart, by the way, has a very Bret Hart quote about Isaac Yankum and this whole thing. He's like, you like to pull out teeth, like to knock out teeth. Horrible. And of course, we end with Diesel Mabel hype. Also, mm-hmm. no one's ever going to be able to find Challenge on TV again. Right. Even when it was on, no one knew when yeah, it was on. No, no one really knew. And that's that, Quinn. I'm going to tell you the truth. This is actually okay with me. Really? Yeah. Nothing was great, obviously, but it was a decent snapshot of this very new gen period. That's true. And all the feuds going on. But the main reason it was okay with me is because it went by quickly. I also watched it on one and the quarter speed, so oh, maybe that's why. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All I can say is this. This is the most 1995 shit I've ever seen. It was oh, like yeah, really man. bad. No, this is in the thick of yeah. it. And just to give that you- was like my only comments on most 1995 shit ever. Oh, yeah. There's nothing good on this. Yeah. But just to give you a quick epilogue, folks, about this, right afterwards, uh, the glass table era of- Action Zone would yep. begin. Lex Luger left. Lex Luger leaves. Nitro debuts. That's all like a week after this. A you lot know? of shit happened after this. And that would be the new fall season, of Thanks, course. Thanks, Doc. But to WWF's credit, this is actually about the end of the really bad part of 95. Well, yeah, they couldn't afford to be this bad anymore. The no. last few months get better. That's they, true. They actually Near the do. end of 95, it does get a slightly better. It's not good. No, no, no. There's Santa Claus and stuff. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's be fair. But there's some better matches, some better angles. Uh, but this was kind of the height of the Diesel era. You know, yeah. like the apex of it, This so SummerSlam was like the Diesel party. It was. Yeah. And it was a weird reminisce for me because I did see this, you know, 26 years ago when mm-hmm. it happened. And, uh, Watched every bit of it. It brought back every lame memory I had and some things that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. And as we've always said here on OVP, we're here to remind you some things that uh, talked about, some things you remember, and some things you wish you didn't. 
Yeah, it's like our no, there old. you go. There you go. 1995. <laughs> yes. that, that's, how, that's how you describe 1995. Pretty right there. much. And before we get out of here, I just want to remind you guys: if you want to follow us on Twitter, please do so. Leave us a review. All right, I'm gonna say that again. Leave us a review if you have Apple Podcasts. Yeah. We really would appreciate that. Help. It, it does help, and it's nice. Uh, and you don't have to, but it would be nice of you. And obviously, if you want the extra stuff, another thing you don't have to do, but if you want to, it's Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You'll get the 1984 count in there and the pay-per-view reviews. That's if you want to, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next week, guys, thanks so much for being with here to kick off a new season. Next week, obviously, we will start the flush. We will sing another unsung hero. And we will be reviewing something. Until that time, until next week, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. So, King Mabel, you've got yourself a royal plan. And I guess I've taken the first three installments of it. But the last one, at Monday Night Raw, with Davy Boy Smith jumping me from behind... Well, buddy, that's the last straw. But you know what? Each time you put your hands on me, you've caused damage. You've spilt some diesel fuel. But you know what? You are careless. And you got some on yourself. SummerSlam. That's right. I'm going to take a blowtorch to you. Will you stop? stop, 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 stop.